This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, welcome in another edition of the opening kickoff here on this Tuesday. Mark Heim, Michael Bronner with you as Lee Shervanian is taking vacation. That's right, on game week, big team player, the MVP, Lee Shervanian. Contract year, skipping town. That's all right, it's Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP and WNSP.com. Bronner, I'm already going to, you know what? I'll save headlines for, let's just jump right in. I'm, I'm going to get this headlines at like 620. Why do coaches continue to be mad about depth charts? This is not a new thing, people. Depth charts have been around for as long as the game has been played. I'm exaggerating a little bit. I, I just don't know. Like, I get why Saban has always been on his thing. Now Hugh Freeze is getting on uh, his. They, they don't like depth charts, but I'll tell you why. And I'll bl- I'm going to blame one thing. The transfer portal. It's really that simple. Everybody's so scared about guys jumping ship if you put them in some some port, uh, some some type of pecking order. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then they turn around and they blame the media. All y'all care about is the the depth chart. It's bigger than the depth chart. No one wants to hear about the game. You got, dude. You have a depth. Hugh Freeze said that he doesn't even have a depth chart. Cap, utter cap which is a lot like crap without the R. Of course you have a depth chart. If you're going through your mind and you're thinking about your defensive backs, you know who's coming in if your guy gets hurt. That, in essence, is a depth chart. Can we please just talk about who you guys think is playing well? And here's the other hypoth- the, the, the double standard, the hypocrisy of it all on the sa- on Saban's side. I know I'm everywhere because I'm pumped up today. I get to talk. If you listen to a Saban press conference... Everybody asks, hey, can you talk about Michael Bronner and how he's developed in the fall? Hey, can you talk or hey, can you talk about Lee Shervanian and how he's developed from the spring? You can ask about anybody. Don't ask about the quarterbacks. Oh no. But the reason why, and it's a legit reason, I ain't necessarily mad at the coaches. I'm just I'm I'm pissed off about the transfer portal again. Because this is a direct this is a direct consequence of having the transfer portal. He can't, Saban, Freeze, Jimbo Fisher, whoever, can't throw out a depth chart and not expect little Johnny, who's second or third string, to be like, oh, man, I got to start looking for the transfer portal. Like, they have to go and recruit those guys and tell them. That's why Saban's constantly saying, you know, y'all think this is the end. This isn't the end. You know, this is going to change. He Again, he's not saying it for us. He's saying it for little Johnny that's stuck down on the depth chart. But don't let them fool you. There's a depth chart. He just don't want to tell us. Well, on the quarterbacks, he'll he'll answer if asked about a specific guy. He's just not going to answer the same question over and over again. Who's going to start a quarterback? Who's going to start a quarterback? Because, you know, a lot of the summer, 
I don't think he's known the answer to that question. And now it's game week. He's run out of time to answer that question. That's why it's going to be Jalen Milrow to take the first snaps on Saturday against MTSU because, you know, Simpson and Buckner just haven't separated themselves and haven't right. taken the job. Uh, so, again, do I think Jalen Milrow is the best quarterback on the roster? No, not necessarily, but he's the one with experience. The other two have had opportunities to win the job, and they haven't done it. So I think one of the issues, too, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think Saban wants him somebody to push his buttons so he can get that rant out of the way. You know, he's got a checklist, right? But there are so few people in, in that press area right now that will question him or challenge him. I think he wants somebody to set him off so that he can go on one of his preseason rants. But it is – that's the whole point of a press conference is – the press gets to ask questions regardless of how many times it's been asked, regardless how dumb they are, and your job is to answer. Now, you may not answer the way in which we want, but you have to answer. And so we'll have audio of both quarter of, of both coaches asking – now, we'll do it later uh, – of both uh, coaches being asked or them commenting about depth charts. Saban once again tried to uh, head it off at the path. Uh, Freeze was asked about in a roundabout sort of way his wide receivers, and he got into depth charts. But depth charts have been around for as long as I can remember. Every coach has a depth chart in some form or fashion. They may not have it on paper. They may not disseminate it to the media, but they know who their starters are. They know who's going to come in if somebody cramps up or gets injured or gets suspended. Like, it's it's not rocket science. You have to have a depth chart. For for Hugh Freeze to say that he doesn't have a depth chart is an out-out lie. I was so shocked about Saban not giving out one. I mean, he did kind of say this last year, if you remember. He said, oh, well, this is going to be the last year you guys get a depth chart. I'm sick of this. Right, right. And, and, and now, you know, he's not giving out a depth chart. Oh, big headline, Saban not get. Well, he did say he wasn't going right. to give one out. And the reason being, like you said, I mean, he said that it caused problems within the team, you know, whether that be because the third string corner doesn't like being listed as the third string corner. And, you know, to your point, I think the transfer portal – plays a factor there not that you know guys can go jumping in the portal a week before the season you know the window's closed but you know the whole entire thing's a mess no one no one knows what's going but on but couldn't you use and i couldn't you use that as a positive couldn't you turn around and say and let don't let us know let the team know this is not set in stone this is a this is a season-long competition michael bronner you are second on the depth chart you know what that means you have your work cut out for you Prove to me you deserve to be number one, and keep that keep that competition going, keep that battle going throughout the season. Like turn that into a game, turn it into a positive. Don't let don't let the players believe that oh the depth chart's out. I'm not going to start this year. The season's over. So the obvious question because because they do have to release a depth chart on game day. So you know the question has been asked about quarterback all summer. You know so. Obviously, it becomes Jalen Milrow at this point now. It's going to be Milrow. And I think we've snap. said that now for a few weeks. Yeah. I think most people have believed that. Our writing is just on the wall at this point. The other two guys haven't separated themselves. There's been no buzz about it. So, you know, like it or not, it's going to be Milrow. And Milrow is going to look good against MTSU. It's MTSU. So then week two comes along against Texas. At what point, you know, let's say the offense is struggling a little bit. Do you give them two drives, three drives, four drives the first half? At what point do you go to the other guy, or or do you just give him the whole game? And if you lose, the te- you know, it's not going to bury you in the SEC race, obviously, but you don't want to rack up an early season loss. So at what point do you say, all right, we're going to go to another guy? I think uh, 
I think it kind of depends on how well the defense is playing. Sure. So if he's struggling and it's 0-0 after three drives or whatever, I think they're more likely, right, to to sure. to go to a different route as opposed to being down 10 points or two scores. Um so if you were if just I'm Jalen put up points. Yeah, so. I mean Jalen uh, Jalen Milrow uh, needs to be the biggest fan of the defense in week two mm. that there is in, in the stadium, for sure. Uh, all right, so we got a lot going on today. We're going to talk a lot about depth charts. Um, meanwhile, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Auburn quarterback uh, got a little uh, – Robbie Ashford got a little bit of an oblique strain. So Hugh Freeze, not real committed on whether or not kid was going to sit or not. So we'll get to some of that as well. Uh, let me tell you what we're doing today. Uh, David Green is going to join us at 650. Other than that, we're wide open. We want to hear from you guys. We want to talk to you. Uh, your your biggest concerns, your comments, your questions, your criticisms, whatever, uh, on, on any and everything. We'll get some headlines here in just a little bit. Travis Rar is going to talk some Alabama with us at 7 o'clock. Uh, Nick Saban did uh, have the press conference yesterday. We'll play uh, some audio, not a lot of it, but we'll call for it here in a little bit. Uh, Chris Booten. Who is Chris Booten? Chris Booten is a Catholic priest who, oh, yeah, by the way, is a high school football official. I feel like Vince Vaughn in, in uh, the internship when I'm like, what? Like, what? So we're going to ask Chris Booten, quite frankly, what the hell were you thinking? All right. Uh, Brian Matthews will join us in hour number three. We'll talk some Auburn with him. And other than that, guys, we are wide open. That's the kind of the whole point of uh, today's show and tomorrow's show is to give you an opportunity to chime in, including you, Mr. Bronner. Oh. Um, in the app, starting to think Saban doesn't release depth charts to drive the media wild. No, it doesn't drive me wild. Like, see, here's the thing. I don't care who the starting left tackle is. Hmm. I don't care who the backup wide receiver is. I don't care who's starting in the slot. What I don't like is the idea that he is somehow not wanting to send out the depth chart because the media makes it something that it isn't. Well, I've got two caps on here, and I know you, you've kind of shedded your Alabama fandom over the years. Okay. But, uh, you know, I've got the media hat on, which I would like to know who's going to start for Alabama from that perspective. But from an Alabama, you know, from the fan cap perspective, I also like, you know, Saban saying, all right, screw all you. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to play who I'm going to play, and you're going to deal with it. But the first part is exactly why the media wants to know, because you, Joe Fan, that's what you're reading. And this is the point, point I made a couple weeks ago that I think, Saban either doesn't recognize or doesn't care to acknowledge most of the media, and I use a very broad general brush here, doesn't care. They want to write what readers will read. And sure. readers want to know who's the starting quarterback. A lot of you want to know who's the starting you know, right guard or who's the backup slot receiver. You know, Lee teases me all the time that I write about Lane Kiffin a lot. I must have a cru man crush on Lane Kiffin. I don't have a crush on Lane Kiffin. People read about Lane Kiffin. That's why I write about Lane Kiffin. Right? I've always told you guys, undefeated seasons are great. For business, they're great for fans. Doesn't give you a whole lot to talk about on Mondays, right? 
all right, they won by 14. They should have run the ball more, right? Give me a coordinator fired in the middle of the season. Oh, baby, now we're talking. So what I want has nothing to do with depth charts and who's starting and who's playing back up. Now, give me the guy that's disgruntled and now he's worried about transferring because he's not getting that job. We can talk. We can talk. All right, let's do this. Traffic and weather. Ho ho! Uh, and we'll come back. Uh, we got a couple of things. You guys can jump in for sure. Uh, there's a Green Bay bar offering some uh, interesting deals for you as it relates to the Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And there's a documentary done by my colleagues over at AL.com about Mike Shula. Uh, in the in the Mike Shula era, which is really interesting and good timing because uh, it kind of uh, coincides with the Gators, right? Uh, there was a little bit of that going on. Mike Shula kind of overlapped that kind of time frame a hair, a hair. So we'll get into that, and uh, we'll take your phone call six nine four one zero five five. It's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station WNSP and WNSP.com. We're just getting rolling. Stay with us. Hi, this is Saran Stacy. You're listening to WNSB 105.5. All right, Mr. Bronner, DJ Jazzy Michael Bronner, uh, spinning your favorite tunes today. By the way, if you have a... Uh, a request. Oh, send it in the app. Send it in the app, man. Let's 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 get crazy. It's game week. Let's just let's just go off script here. I mean, whatever you want. Or you can just give us a call at 694-1055. All right. This segment brought to you by South Alabama Athletics. A reminder to get your tickets for the uh, home opener against Southeastern on September 9th. You can go to uh, usajaguars.com backslash sports for more information. All right, let me get you a couple headlines, news and notes uh, over the last couple days here in honor of Lee and to satisfy all of those out there just dying to get their headlines that they haven't gotten on their phones yet. Uh, last night was kind of crazy. Uh, seventh inning, of the Braves 14-4 win over the Rockies. Two fans ran on the field to take a selfie with Ronald Acuna. Uh, Acuna putting um, his, one of them put their arm around him before security finally ran over. And then while that happened, a third fan came over, made contact, kind of knocked him over. It was kind of a crazy scene. Uh, in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals uh, will not activate um, Kyler Murray off the pup list, which means he'll miss the first four games. Cardinals also uh, released quarterback Colt McCoy. Josh Jobs, you're up, sir. Uh, Notre Dame quarterback Sam Hartman revealed during the transfer portal kind of recruiting process, uh, both Alabama and Auburn, as well as Florida, tried recruiting him. Interesting tidbit there. And guys, you shall see this one. Um, Atlanta area high school coach has been arrested, and he was removed from the sidelines when he punched his own player in the gut. Your move, Rush Probst. Here we spent a whole day talking about headphones flying. This dude just flat out punched his own guy in the gut. He's not a certified teacher. He doesn't teach at the school. Uh, charges have been filed. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, there are, there's some headlines for you there. Uh, and as one of you guys pointed out in the uh, Jose Altuve uh, hit for the cycle in a 13-5 route of the Boston Red Sox, you guys know I think that's the most worthless stat in all the, in all the land. Really? Yeah. Has this been a previous discussion on the show? Yeah, I, I just – it's not – okay, let me rephrase. It's not worthless. It's just overhyped. Like, I – that's it, a big I from someone who's not a big huge baseball guy, that's a big deal. All right, what would you rather? A guy that hits a single double, triple, and a home run, or a guy that hits two doubles and and, and, and two home runs? Uh, how close was the game? What difference would it make? Would would you rather four home runs or hitting for the cycle? Four home runs. Would you rather four triples or hitting for the cycle? Four triples. Okay. So how pointless is a is a cycle? I see right. Yeah, you you make a fair point. Uh, that that's my only point. I, is it is it's it cool? All right. So I guess what I'm saying is if it's the bottom of the ninth and it's tied up and there's nobody on and you've already hit a home run, are you trying to are you trying to knock it out of the park? You just you 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 just hoping for that single. So you can complete the I mean, cycle. I think we had an example of this like uh, like a week ago on one of Leah's audio clips. There was a guy in the Orioles who was like a single shy of the cycle, and he, he hit it down the line. He ran yeah. right past first for a double. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, I, I could, you could have stopped at first and had a cycle. You, you lost me with Leah's audio. Well, you know. Uh, all right, so you guys can jump in. Uh, someone said it's one of the hardest things to do in baseball. I, I would also say it's one of the most irrelevant, one of, one of the few irrelevant things in baseball. Like I don't, I don't think it has, a, it doesn't have a direct impact on the game. I mean, if if you need a single to hit for the cycle and you got a guy on second and you connect, then okay, it means something. But if you're down, you know, three runs and you hit the single in the bottom of the ninth to be the only one on board, I I don't know. It just it. <sighs> Acuna got knocked down and his teammates didn't come running. Bad look. Well, uh, I thought the even the worst look was the response time by the security guards. I mean, how, how do fans get that far on the field without anybody, any security in the camera, uh, in the screenshot? And then a third guy came on. This is why I don't have, I don't, I don't have uh, any sympathy. For a fan that gets roughed up on the field. Because you don't know what they're going out on the field for. And so you have to protect those guys out there. And I would say that about NBA players, NFL players, baseball, whatever. Because you just don't know what these guys are going to do. W- were they harmless? Yeah, absolutely. But you are you willing to take that chance? So when you see a security guard body slam a guy. And everybody starts screaming about how it was unnecessary force. Um, I, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for, for that guy. Sure. So... Uh, all right, you guys, uh, you can get in on the depth chart situation uh, or the lack thereof. We'll play some of that audio when we come back. What do you, what do you think about Sam Hartman revealing that uh, he was he was recruited by three SEC teams, including Alabama and Auburn? I see why. I mean, I've been high on him for a while. He's good. He, he's a really good quarterback. Would he be better in Tuscaloosa than any of the three that you got now? Mr. Capstone. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Hard I mean, I, I, he, you're going to see him at the Senior Bowl. He's, he's an NFL quarterback. He's a really good player. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't surprised to. I mean, it's Navy, so take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, you know, I think Notre Dame's going to. By Notre Dame standards, they'll compete for a playoff spot this year. So. By the way, what a waste of time for anybody to recap that game. I wonder if anybody did that recently. 
They did. Just a joke. Who was that? Uh, Final draw. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> heard it on the promo. Um, somehow, somehow I missed the show. Triple doubles are a meaningless stat as well. Um, that I disagree with. Yeah, I kind of disagree with that. Now I don't like Jokic guys makes them so regular. Yeah, that that they feel a little meaningless. But I feel like there's so many different ways to achieve a triple double that it it directly impacts. You can directly impact the outcome of of all sorts of parts of the game, right? Not that you see a whole lot of steals, but you could see ten steals in a game that you know that could impact the game or ten blocks. Um, but with that said, I, I I do think guys, it's a lot easier to get ten rebounds in an NBA game for these guys than it is to to hit for the cycle in baseball. You you agree? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Now I'm just sitting here now wishing Sam Hartman was at Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> the more I think about it, um, the more it's a what could have been. George said Hartman would have May too, by the way, the USC yeah. quarterback. Hartman said, uh, or George said Hartman would have started at Bama. Yeah, he, he he would. The more I think about it, the more I realize it was ridiculous that I even had to think about that. Yeah, he'd, he'd clearly be the best quarterback on the roster right now. All right, so when we come back, let's, uh, let's take a listen to both Nick Saban and Hugh Freeze. And their comments about the depth chart. Excuse me. They don't have... Uh, Hugh Freeze doesn't have a depth chart. Cap. 629. Rolling along here on a Tuesday edition. It's the opening kickoff. Hey, you want a certain song played? It's request day. Hit up Bronner in the app. Stay with us. selections nothing wrong with it just just a just a quick observation here as we're only you know 33 minutes into our show or whatever it's still early but I, you know just a suggestion what do you of, want like metal i i don't know about metal but we probably need to pump it up a little bit i All mean right. people need to be it's game day i know it's early so guys are trying to get their coffee and get their infusion of caffeine but let's help them We'll see what we can do. Let's 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 get it. Just because normally, you know, we got somebody in here that's you know monotone and just rattling off doesn't mean no. Let's let's shake things up a bit. All right. So uh, yesterday, both Alabama and Auburn coaches, Nick Saban and Hugh Freeze, uh, took to the podium. They uh, specifically brought up depth charts uh, on their own, kind of. Nick Saban definitely did. Hugh Freeze was kind of led that way. Take a listen to what Nick Saban had to say about the idea of depth charts. Um, you know, your number one focus is not on the game. Uh, it's on the depth chart. And look, there's a lot of competition on the team. Uh, and when we put a depth chart out, you all think that's like final. 
like this is like etched in stone that it's going to be this way forevermore uh, just because we come out of fall camp and that's where it is but creates a lot of distractions on our team creates a lot of um, you know guys thinking that well this guy won the job now and I'm not going to play or whatever and quite frankly you know we don't need that uh, and I want all of our players to continue to compete to continue to compete for playing time uh, to try to play at the highest level and I don't want anybody on our team to think they're a backup player or whatever. I like when you said forevermore. <laughs> That's the only thing I got out of that. Uh, but, but, oh, coach. And this goes to me, though, this goes back, and I made this comment, you know, 30 minutes ago. This is about the transfer portal. Because the depth chart has been around for decades. Why now all of a sudden are we worried about guys and the depth chart being a distraction? We don't write about the depth chart any more than we used to. We've always written about the depth chart. And if you want your guys to stay focused, that's on you. It's not on it's 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 no one else's job. Like, yep. we're not going to write something because that means they won't be more focused. Begs the question, what's changed? You know, maybe the fact that they've gone two years without winning a national championship and didn't make the playoff last year. All right, so meanwhile, Hugh Freeze was asked about wide receivers, and he started talking about depth charts. Take a listen. Yeah, I don't even have a depth chart, so I, I don't know where that came from. I guess that's from the... SID world, I, I don't do depth charts. So, um, you know, I just don't, that, that's, it's really nonsense. Uh, I mean, you're going to play your four to five outside receivers and your two or three inside receivers in our system. And I don't care who runs out there with the first group or the second group. I, they freely rotate. So I don't make much of those depth charts and, um, I don't know who you said, but if you're talking about the outside guys, I would think you're going to see a rotation of uh, Shorter and Malcolm and Hooks and O and Camden Brown. I would think those would be the the five guys that are going. I thought he was going to be more transparent. I thought he was going to be more open and honest. Right? That was his whole thing. He's an open book. <laughs> the man is lying. You don't have a depth chart. You don't care who goes out there first? Then why are we even practicing? What are we doing? Just send five out there. Maybe they're receivers, maybe they're not. But, hey, I don't care. Of course you have a depth chart. You don't have a depth chart. Maybe you don't have a depth chart in the sense that you have it on some Google Doc that everybody on the team has access to or you didn't put it in a PDF form. But you know who your top guys are. You know who the second-level guys are. You know who the guys are that aren't getting off the bench. It's the definition of a depth chart. Stop it. Don't have a depth chart. Of course you do. Uh, someone in the app, Nick Saban says the same thing every year about depth charts. Transfer portal has nothing to do with it. Uh, actually, I disagree. Uh, I think he's more concerned, and Bronner, you get in on this. I feel he's more concerned about how guys react to a depth chart now than he's ever been because that part I agree with. 
if they see that they're not high on that depth chart, they don't think they're ever going to play. And so they're more likely when the portal window opens to jump in it because they've won the portal when getting key guys where they've really been hurt by the portal is that second level guy transferring before it's his time to shine. Yeah, I don't think he's ever liked it, but now, you know, there are legitimate consequences when a player sees, oh, I'm third on the depth chart. You know, maybe it's a freshman four-star, whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, Saban also said a week ago, whatever it was, that, uh, you know, there's only been one player, and I'm not naming names, who's ever hit the transfer portal that I was like, damn, why? I, yeah. I'm hurt that we lost this guy. Why did this guy leave? I think it was uh, wide receiver Aaron, Aaron Anderson who went to LSU. That was a lot of people's theory on Twitter. But uh, anyway, that all being said, so, you know, according to Saban, they haven't been brutally hurt by the transfer portal. Alabama's certainly been helped more than hurt. You know, look at Jameson Williams, Jameer Gibbs, uh, you know, key pieces right. of the team. But at the same time, it's almost like I think he's kind of struggled to keep that locker room together over the last couple of years. NIL's a factor, too, in terms of keeping the locker room together. You know, he, I don't think he has as much control over the locker room as he once did. Uh, and this is just, you know, another thing that I don't think it's like fracturing rooms over it or anything, but it's just one more thing that he doesn't need. Um, all right. So you guys can continue about that. Uh, the other thing I want to get to quickly, we got some time here. Um, a little NFL news, kind of. There is a Mil Milwaukee bar, and we'll get back to the, 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 the depth chart stuff. There's a Milwaukee bar offering to buy to pick up your tab every time Aaron Rodgers and the Jets lose. Now, there's some caveats to that. So, by the way, if if I'm if I'm one of those guys that's going out drinking during game day or during games, I'm going to this bar, right? And I'm openly cheering against Aaron Rodgers. You like to knock back a couple, Bronner? Mm, not usually on a Sunday, but <laughs> <laughs> you got to get up early the next day. Uh, yeah, especially especially this season now. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, so on a Saturday, sure. As you know, Rodgers used to play for the Packers, so you clearly like to people knock back a couple, Bronner. Get out of here. I'm just saying. I've seen you drink your breakfast from time to time. <laughs> Oh, that's your. Oh, we got to get your powdered peanut butter here at some point in the yeah. next two days too. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get that in here. Uh, all right, so here's the, here's the, here's the, uh, the rules though on this bet. The tab must be opened at least 15 minutes before kickoff of the game. Okay, so you can't be rolling in at halftime and just start. You know, they're down two scores, so you're gonna roll in and start just drinking like a fish. Uh, it does not include food. This is strictly alcohol. The offer only applies if Rodgers is starting and the, the game doesn't coincide with a Packers game. So probably are not a ton of those. Right. So as it, happen as it happens, there's only four times this season that this bet will be uh, uh, available. Week one, I believe, is one of them. I think the Jets play on Monday night. And you have to stay for the entire game in order to cash in the prize. 
The first one. Dude, gonna just be on a pick Monday up night. the tab. Why do we have 37 rules? Just pick up the tab. Well, so the question is how much booze, alcohol, how much could you all consume and still walk out of the bar, obviously? How much money could you take a bar for if you got there 15 minutes before game? Drank throughout the whole game, and they picked up the tab. What would that tab be? Who are the Jets playing that day? <laughs> the Patriots. So I know they're going to lose. Yes. In that case, they have lost to them 14 times in a row. Uh, for the record, seven Only years. Only Bronner would know that ridiculous stat. Well, it's been it's seven like, years. It's like Rain Man over there. <laughs> well, <laughs> d- d- definitely 14 times. Well, that's what it's been. Uh, and it, you can check me on that if you want. Uh, but anyway... Uh, yeah, I mean, shoot, that's a lot of Miller Lite. Um, someone said the tab would be 150. Someone else, uh, someone else said 200. So here's the other thing: Are you drinking beer? Or are you going liquor? It is still a Sunday. All right, let's pl- let's pretend they're playing on a Thursday night then. Bro. Ooh, I didn't I didn't know you were. I mean, we do have a, a a Catholic priest coming on at 7.30 if you want to talk about well, that. It's not a matter of religion. It's, oh. a ma- it's a matter of having to be up on Monday. You're a young guy. Come on, man. you got to overcome, adapt. Sure. Face the adversity. Sure. Man up. I mean, it's a noon kick more times than not. you got a few hours. Yeah. See, I think I'm, I think I'm going liquor. I'm going with a, a, a whiskey or a bourbon, and I'm just going to— See, what if— it's like this crazy back and forth game, and you're racking up like a two hundred dollar tab, and then Aaron Rodgers just breaks your heart at the end of it with a game winning drive. Like that, that's brutal. And then not only do you get stuck with, not only oh you, man, I've yeah. just drank two hundred dollars <laughs> worth of liquor, but now I gotta pay for that two hundred dollars <laughs> worth of liquor. <sighs> that's horrible. Yeah, I just got a text from a guy that would know something about drinking. Hey, man, give me a call at 694-1055 and let me know what you're doing. Uh, Someone says drinking shots and beers. Let's just assume, I mean, you do run the risk. That is an issue. That you do run the risk of of having to pay that tab at the end. That's like the whole. Th- it's a it's a gamble. So I, I got a feeling that people would nurse a couple of drinks till about the fourth, and with about five minutes left, you're ordering about six or seven drinks. Yeah. Like there's a mad rush. Like the bartender's like, where'd all these people come from? But so you said it's only four times. It's a savvy move from the bar because you're probably putting a lot of people in the bar when there might not be a lot of people in the bar. Right. Although. You might make zero dollars on alcohol. Jack's American Pub is the name of the uh, establishment. Yeah, so like I said, I'm 99% sure that that first game for the Jets is a Monday night game against Buffalo. So you're going to have a crowded Monday night bar, and you're going to make money off food. So everyone's going to buy food, and we'll see if, you know, Aaron Rodgers might lead a last-second drive and everyone has to pay for their alcohol, too. That's what the bar's rooting for. Yeah. But... Someone in the app said Lee's getting the wine cooler. Can you even get a wine cooler at a bar? I've never had a wine cooler. All right, let's assume when I ask you that question that I'm not going to insinuate that you've ever done it. (laughs) Hypothetically, rhetorically, could you get a wine cooler at a bar? I don't really know what a wine cooler is. Oh, stop it. You're a Zima guy. A what? You don't even remember. That's way over your head. Google Zima. (laughs) <laughs> All right. 
Um, couple other things we need to get to um, during the course of our day here. Um, the Mike Shula. There was a documentary done on by uh, on Mike Shula. I'm curious to get your thoughts, guys. We'll we'll get into this a little later, though. Uh, do you think he was a good coach? Looking back, the sanctions, the lack of scholarships. He had an, a, an above 500 record, but yeah, just barely. He had a a really one really good season, and there were some others not real good. Anyway, uh, I'm curious now that hindsight being what it is, I want to get your take on that. When we come back, though, let's wrap up hour number one. Boy, that was fast with DJ Jazzy Bronner on the the table over there. We haven't gotten any uh, requests, have you? I don't know. I hadn't looked. All right, so if you want a certain song played, the love line. No, okay, we'll do uh, we'll do some requests because we're not playing any audio. Uh, we come back. David Green's going to join us. We'll catch up with the man, uh, Travis Ryer. We'll talk some Alabama at seven, and Chris Booten, a Catholic priest who's also a high school football official. I only find you the best guest here on the sports station, WNSP. Stay with us. Hi, this is Bo Manning, my co-producer of Training Days, Rolling with the Tide. You're listening to WNSP 105.5 Mobile. here on a Leelis edition of the opening a kickoff. You hear the music, that could only mean a one thing. Our good friend David Green of Green and Phillips, he joins us here on WNSP. All right, David, I don't know if you heard the conversation. You've probably been real busy this morning, but uh, if you were going to a bar for a football game and if Aaron Rodgers loses in the Jets, the bar picks up your tab, what do you what are you stockpiling? What are you drinking until you can't drink no more? I'm, I'm having a hard I really having a hard time hearing you. I'm sorry, I can't. I don't, I'm not sure if we have a connection issue. Uh, let's try that again. So uh, you walk into a bar, they're paying your tab as long as the Jets are playing <laughs> and losing. Uh, so you, what are you gobbling up at the bar? Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably eating something. I think, boy, I'm not a drinker, but I I'm probably eating some wings or something. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I you can't go wrong with wings during a football game. <laughs> All right, explain. That's right. Wings and, and tea. <laughs> That's right. All right, so explain something. You know this is a pet peeve of mine, David. I, ha- The idea of having to buy insurance, extra insurance, car insurance, because the guy that hits me doesn't have insurance. Because he's not doing what he's supposed to do, I got to do something that I shouldn't have to do, yet there's some serious benefits to getting uninsured motorist benefits. Well, that's right, and I tell you, you know, it's it's one of the bigger things is the underinsured coverage. You know, Alabama has, you know, the requirement that you have to have liability coverage, uh, twenty five thousand per occurrence, fifty thousand or fifty thousand aggregate total, and so. But it's just so important because many times you, you you may have a situation where your your injuries are worth more or much greater than the twenty five thousand the other guy has, or like you said. 
they just don't have coverage. They they perhaps buy, they pay their first payment, they get their insurance card, they go in and get their tag, and they come out and they don't make any more payments, and their 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 policy has lapsed. And so, gosh, that is a that, that's a that's a real issue, and it's something we see every day. We see people all the time that come into our office in Mobile and in Birmingham, and they just they say, "Hey, I've been hit by someone. Don't think there's any coverage," and so we're able to look on their own policy and then pursue an underinsured or an uninsured motorist claim. So it's really, really important to have it because I don't know what the percentages are, but it's a large percentage of the people are rolling around out there without any insurance or not enough insurance. Yeah. How can people get more information, or if they have an issue, how can they come see you, where you're located, all that good stuff? Yeah, uh, it's real simple. Uh, 51 North Florida Street here in Midtown Mobile, the Forbes Building in downtown Birmingham. Uh, ben Warren's doing a great job for us down there or up there. and uh, But you can always reach us at greenphillips.com or call us at 251-300-2000. I'm pretty sure you're in that location just because you love lunchtime, man. They got some great eateries right up in there. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It has, been, it has been wonderful over the years to have Butch Cassidy's. And then, of course, now we have Taco Mama and you know some of the other really, really good restaurants, uh, Midtown Pub, Ashland Pub. So, just uh, yeah, it's a great area. And uh, stop by and see us. And I'd love to chat with you if you've got any issues or questions. I'll be glad to try to help you. Hey, David, know you're real busy. Thanks for uh, popping up with us, man. We'll, uh, we'll be in touch, and thanks for everything you do. Hey, absolutely. Man, that's amazing. Bronner managed to hang up on somebody without actually hanging up on him. That was really pretty, pretty impressive. All right, coming up in hour number two, Travis Ryer, Michael Holland, a Bryant Bank, Chris Booten, priest slash high school football official. I already got some really good questions for uh, Father Booten. I think I'm just going to call him Chris. Uh, Brian Matthews in hour number three. Uh, we'll talk some Auburn. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. we got a lot of good stuff going on uh, there. Um, someone said you are a Zima guy. Did you have a chance to look up Zima? I looked it up. Doesn't, doesn't it look? Doesn't it look tasty? A clear, lightly carbonated alcoholic beverage, made and distributed by Coors, back in '93. Doesn't look terrible. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Kind of looks like a uh, <laughs> like a smearing off ice or something like that. <sighs> Good stuff, you know. Bronner, where'd you hang out in uh, college? Where did I hang out? Yeah, like what was uh? Did y'all do like parties or did y'all go out in 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 T town? Like what was, mm. what was your? Did they know your name? Were you like the norm of, you know, galettes or? <laughs> everyone, everyone knew my name. No, yeah. I I you know I'm not a I was not a galettes guy. A lot of the bars on the strip were just a bit much for me. I'm not a huge like you know rounders glass too too much for me. I, I liked the downtown bars. Um, there was one that closed that was only open for a couple of years called the Grocery that I really liked that had live music all the time. Uh, there's one real downtown that's been open for a long time called the Gray Lady. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of the Gray Lady? Really liked that one. Uh, so places like that. Uh, so you hang out at the Gray Lady and the Grocery. Yeah. You I like know, it, without any context, it sounds like you had a hell of a time in college. <laughs> the gray lady had darts. You know, you, you know, you sit down and have a beer and talk to your friends. I much prefer that to you know having to yell into my friend's ear to be able to have a conversation. 
Uh, someone wants to know, is Seltzer the new Zima? Probably, yes. Uh, Ryan will let us know that, hey, Mark, the game day is 2-0. and Oh, don't you know. I feel like Chris, Flo uh, Chris Floyd. Chuck Floyd. Get you some. Oh, I know. We made a big deal of it uh, yesterday. Everybody coming at us like we're a curse? Uh-uh. 2-0, baby. We had a winning record last year, too. But you know what? We ain't got nothing to prove to you people. We go when we we go where we want when we want. Win or lose. Ooh, things are getting testy in the ab. Slinging at you there, Bronner. Mm. I like it. All right, so Bronner's taking your 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 request, your musical request. Travis Wire's gonna kick off hour number two, and just like that, hour number one is gone. It's been fun. I can get used to this. It's the opening kickoff. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP. country's first fm all sports radio station 105.5 fm wnsp and wnsp.com the latest sports news traffic weather and timely guests with mark heim and lee shermanian the opening kickoff kickoff here are mark and lee all right it's 704 another leeless edition of the opening kickoff mark heim michael bronner in the studios of WNS, Pre appreciate you joining us here uh, throughout the course of our morning. Coming up at 7.30, we're going to talk to a friend of mine. Chris Booten is a Catholic priest who, believe it or not, is also a high school football official. We'll see how those two uh, seem to work themselves out on a, on a Friday coming up here in about a half an hour. Let me get a couple of news and notes quick, and we'll jump right back into it. On the baseball front, for all you Lee fans, uh, the Braves won 14-4 over the Rockies, but in that game in the seventh inning, two fans ran out on the field to take a selfie with Ronald Acuna. Um, they got out there, too. I don't know where security was. While all of this was going on and security ran over, a third came out and looked like you ran out and made contact with the Braves player, so anarchy uh, there. Uh, speaking of baseball, Jose Altuve hit for the cycle in a 13-5 win uh, um, at Fenway Park. The Arizona Cardinals uh, have put uh, their quarterback, Kyler Murray, on the pup list, which means he'll miss the first four games. Cardinals also released quarterback Colt McCoy. Josh jo Dobbs, you are up, sir. And uh, Notre Dame quarterback Sam Hartman revealed in an interview that uh, a couple of SEC schools reached out to him during his whole transfer portal experience, including Florida, Auburn, and Alabama. Speaking of Alabama, our good friend Travis Ryer of Bama Online, part of the On3 uh, network, joins us here on WNSP. Travis, we were talking about this bar in uh, Milwaukee that is offering to pick up your tab during a Jets game if Aaron Rodgers and the Jets lose. Uh, if that is the case, what are you ordering and how much of it are you ordering? Oh, gosh. In Milwaukee, um, uh, uh, Milwaukee's best, I guess. You know, <laughs> I mean, 
Do they still do, do, they still do slits, I think, <laughs> up in uh, – uh, or what was the brewery that uh, – God, I'm getting old here. Laverne and Laverne Shirley. Did get a brewery up there back in the day or one of those? So um, I'm probably doing that. But the competition up there in downtown Milwaukee among those bars, I've been up there, and it's uh, – it's extremely intense. So, yeah, yeah, it's a good promotion. I think it was, uh, I think it was Lakefront Brewery or Schlitz Brewery. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. was the original Salt bottling or something like that. Yeah, the bottling yeah. line was actually in a Schlitz Brewery, I believe. But I digress. Okay. Anyway, uh, all right. Yeah. So you, you sound like you're going for that high price stuff uh, since it's free. Uh, I'm going local. Yeah. I'm going local, man. I'm not craft beer guy. You know, <laughs> I, I, craft beer is way overpriced. It's got seventy thousand calories in it. Yeah. And uh, I'm not a beer snob. Just yeah. give me a silver bullet that's ice cold and let's rock and roll. Uh, I like it. But how many are you having in a three hour span? Oh gosh, I'm not a chugger. Yeah. So probably in a three hour span, I could probably do six or seven. Wow. You know, kind of a teetotaler. Yeah. But, yeah. Brutal honesty. I love it. Um, all right. So, you know, Nick Saban talked to, for someone that doesn't like to talk about depth charts, he sure does bring it up a lot. I know. Uh, amazing. It, it once again dominates that first Monday of a college football season, whether. Uh, it is distributed or not. The yeah. depth chart is uh, front and center, and so uh, interesting. I think that we had kind of heard that this was coming. We had been forewarned as the media that don't expect a depth chart on Monday, and uh, it certainly came to fruition. And I think it's interesting on multiple levels. I think Nick talked about it in terms of being a distraction, and you think, well, don't these guys know, already know where they're at on the depth chart? What's the difference in it? You know, being something that media outlets speculate about going into a season and, you know, when it comes from the actual program. But no, I just think it's another sort of byproduct of the transfer portal era and the ease of movement that players have these days. And, you know, the things they have in their ears and on their timelines and in their text groups, um, it just hits a little different, I think, when it actually comes on UA letterhead. Yeah. It's more official. And, you know, when – the media outlets like ours, we do our thing, projecting depth charts. Uh, if, if there's uh, disillusioned players or mentors or parents that come to the coaching staff and go, hey, they've got, they got our guy on the you know third team here. Well, you can kind of dismiss it as those are outsiders. They don't know what they're talking about. you know. But I just think when it comes on that UA letterhead, it, it might cause a different set of problems. Travis, if it's been a distraction, and I agree it's kind of a byproduct of the transfer portal, but it seems like Saban has a choice whether to give one or not, so why didn't he just quit doing it years ago? Well, because we didn't have the ease of movement that we have now. You know, a couple, three years ago, um, you, know, you, you didn't have the one-time transfer rule. You, you did have the grant transfer option, but you know, I think it's more that you're seeing first and second year players that are making moves. Um, than it is um, third- or fourth-year guys like we had previously. So uh, it's a different set of uh, sort of challenges, I think, for coaches in terms of roster management. Um, it was always a thing, but it is literally a 24-7, 365 thing nowadays. 
Uh, he's Travis Ryer of Bama Online, joins us here on WNSP. Getting a lot of reaction in the app. It was Shots Brewery was the name of the brewery. Uh, Shots. Yeah, Shots. Yeah, so I love it. I, I, have, yeah. I have failed you people miserably on my pop culture. I apologize. Shots Light. Give me a Shots Light. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take one. Six or seven of those. All right. So Nick Saban was asked about Jalen Milrow. Uh, of the quarterbacks, is it a, a a pretty good bet if you're a betting guy that it's Milrow that trots out there? Not according to Saban that it matters who starts the game, but is that a pretty good bet at this point? I think it's the best bet of the guys that are in that mix. Yeah. So uh, that's about as far as I would go on that. Um, you know, he was also asked about multiple quarterbacks yesterday, and uh, it's something he's done in the past. I mean, you can go back to the 2011 competition with A.J. McCarron and Phillip Sims, and, you know, A.J. started that opener against Kent State, played the first three series. Uh, Phillip Sims got the next three series. Uh, Phillip Sims even started the third quarter uh, of that game. So uh, that's how they went about it. Every year, every group is different. Um, you get the sense as you hear from Nick about the topic, even as early as um, – even as recent as last week, that you know, you just don't get the feel that anyone is really just taking the job and run with it. Even to this point, um, you also get the sense that none of the guys have probably just erased themselves from the competition either. So, you know, how they go about planning the quarterback situation for Saturday will certainly be uh, fascinating to watch. Will they? Uh, if it is Jalen, does he get a full half? Um, if if it is Jalen, is there Ty Simpson in this thing scripted into the plan? What about Tyler Buckner? Um, you know, and and in the midst of all this is a Middle Tennessee team that won eight games last year. Now, you know, they're undergoing some changes of their own at the quarterback position, but uh, I'm sure in the in the front of Nick's mind is that 45 points that. Uh, the Blue Raiders put on Miami down in South Florida last year in an upset win. And I think Middle Tennessee is getting the same kind of check from Alabama, around $1.5 million Saturday that it got from Miami last year. And uh, they got the check and the win down there. Travis, it, it does seem like the writing is on the wall that it is going to be Jalen Milrow, at least to start the game against Middle Tennessee. Do you think it says more about the development of Jalen Milrow or more about the fact that both Simpson and Buckner, the job was there to be taken and they just didn't get it done over the summer. Um, I, I think Jalen has continued to make progress. I think even going back, if you watch Jalen in his junior year of high school, from his junior year of high school to his senior year. And, and I think Jalen as a passer um, has made strides. Uh, you can go back to the A day game. I know his stat line was, I think 19 of 37, so per completion percentage wasn't especially high, but he also had multiple drops that he was victimized by. Um, I think the thing that concerns Nick Saban and, and that staff is some of the inexplicable throws that he'll make from time to time, like the one interception in the 8A game from his own end zone where, yeah, he got pressure, but that's just take a safety there before you throw it up in the middle of the field and uh, Christian Story picks it off and runs it back to inside the five. So, you know, those are the things that that Jalen uh, has to sort of sidestep if he does get the start on Saturday. And, you know, again, I think the X factor with Jalen is also what he can bring to the mix as a not only running option, but very dynamic running option at the quarterback position because 
Tommy Reese is going to move these quarterbacks around. I mean, there's going to be design movement as passers, I think. Um, and there's going to be design quarterback runs in this offense. So uh, that could be as much as anything what provides him with some separation, at least early on here. Travis Roy, our guest here for just a couple more minutes. You know, I watch these press conferences, and I can't help but wonder. I, I mentioned this in our first hour. I, I feel like Saban really wants one of these guys asking questions to push him on something so he can go on one of his rants. I feel like the, the top needs to come off here. Is, is it time for a, a yearly Nick Saban rant? You know, I, it, it usually is not so much uh, an opener or certainly even next week with a Texas, but uh, it, it typically comes during the absolute dog days of the season, and those usually coincide with an FCS opponent. So, you know, I, I think those are things that we, we hear usually um, maybe a little bit later in the season when he feels like his team uh, needs that little extra kick. But you never know with Nick, and um, you never know when the rants are coming. Um, but I, I would be surprised if it's, this, if, if it's this week. We still got Wednesday, though, so uh, never say never. <laughs> Well, Travis, uh, if I don't see you in Tuscaloosa this weekend, I will see you at Shots Brewery, ladies and gentlemen. We, uh, Travis Ryer will pick up the first round. Uh, how can people continue to follow your coverage of Alabama as they prepare for their season opener, sir? Yeah, they got that fawn statue up there uh, <laughs> in Milwaukee. If you ever get up there, you need to check that out as well. Uh, you can catch us at BamaOnline.com. We're part of the On3 Network. Hey, man, have a great week. Thanks for everything. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yep. All right, traffic and weather, because I've just given you some headlines, and that would be redundant. Uh, Michael Holland, Brian Banks going to join us. Uh, Chris Booten, Catholic priest by day, high school football official by Friday night. What? I know, right? I got some serious questions. And then Brian Matthews will join us in hour number three. We'll talk some Auburn. Continue with your uh, comments in the app at WNSP.com. Uh, we do have a uh, request for some music there, DJ Jazzy Bronner. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station, WNSP. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, three-time All-American College Football Hall of Fame, and you're listening to WNSP. Seven twenty one. I feel like Chips is getting ready to come on the TV or something. Not sure. Welcome back in the opening kickoff. Markheim and Michael Bronner. Lee on vacation. That's right. Our star player decided he needed a couple days off on game week. That's okay, though. Uh, yesterday, you heard us uh, mention, and we want to, again, congratulate Citronelle quarterback Justin Adams. He's our uh, player of the week. Uh, and our player of the week sponsored by Bryant Bank, member FDIC, equal housing uh, lender. Here with us today, I have our good friend Michael Holland the market president with Bryant Bank. And now, Michael, I love putting uh, money in the bank. I love taking my money out of the bank. What I don't like is when my uh, bank takes my money 
What can you share with us about uh, avoiding overdraft fees, sir? Yeah, Mark, good morning. Uh, Michael, good morning. Uh, no one likes to pay overdraft fees, and that occurs when you issue a check or use your debit card or try to pay someone with Zelle or Venmo when the funds are not theirs. So the best thing you can do is, uh, is check your uh, statement or, as most folks have uh, a, a, an app on their phone these days, go to your mobile banking app and check the balance before you go to pay someone. Um, another great feature that most folks are not aware of with the mobile banking app is there is an alert you can set. If your balance falls below a certain amount, it'll send you a message and alert you that, hey, your balance is below $100 or $20, whatever balance you choose to set. That is a great feature. So if you don't like paying those fees, use that feature. It's free. Another thing you could do, Mark, is ask your banker about overdraft protection. If your balance should fall below an amount, uh, you could get uh, overdraft protection in place, and that is a product which would transfer funds from your savings account or some other account that you have at the bank to cover uh, that deficit should it occur. Uh, so th those are some things that you can do to avoid paying overdraft fees. Well, we certainly appreciate it, and know, I know I need it. So uh, if people have any more uh, questions or need some more information, uh, what's the best way to contact you? Hey, Mark, uh, for unbeatable service and legendary results, give us a call, 264-6575, or come see us in Daphne, Foley, Orange Beach, and in Mobile. Man, we really do appreciate you coming aboard, Michael. Have a great week, and once again, we want to uh, we want to congratulate the uh, Bryant Bank Player of the Day or the Week, Citronelle's quarterback, Justin Adams. Thanks for everything you do, man. We'll be in touch. Have a good one. Yep. Uh, Michael Hahn, really appreciate him coming aboard. Um, all right, so Bronner played a little uh, little something something there. Is it is it my shirt? Is that what inspired it? No, no, oh. completely different thing. Oh. You ever heard of Goose? Uh, just when he talks to me. Yeah, no, that's a, uh, it's really. Is that Grey Goose? No, no, just because that was another goose. topic today. Just Goose. Really, like Duck Duck. Bit of a bit of a fringe jam band there. Yeah. Okay. You know, I bet Travis Ryers heard of Goose. I guess we could ask him next. Time we talked to him. You saw how I was going to say next, but we're not talking to him. So I guess next week. You did say next. I did. I was <laughs> not going to say next. No. That's, you know, you, you start talking before you think, and all of a sudden you're the other guy on this show. Um, I think Travis Ryer likes the Grateful Dead. So, you know, I, I have a way of sniffing these people out. Okay. Bronner, by the way, apparently, according to that, if you need to lead in the next segment with cake, short skirt and a long jacket. Cake. Getting overwhelmed by requests now. I right, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I, well, I didn't wish for it. Oh yeah, I just <laughs> I just put it on you. Uh, all right. So coming up, uh, Chris Booten, priest, Catholic priest slash high school football official. Yeah, we'll see how this one goes. We're gonna have some fun with this one, I think. You 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 have questions? I can come up with some. Okay. Oh well, no. I mean, you know, I'm just saying in general, it's I just, am, it's an unusual combination. Yeah. And that's why I, I decided we were going to have Chris on. No, I'm looking forward uh, to it. With Lee away. So well, uh, it gives me a little more freedom to ask more uh, 
pointed questions? I don't know. I got to get his schedule. See if he's going to be out of any games I'm doing. Well, I don't know if he's going to be calling games anywhere around here. Uh, he's up in the Troy area. He oh, was down okay. here for a while, uh, which is how I know him. Uh, and he was here this week, so I had a chance to catch up with him. And, and book him on the radio. Yeah, yeah. So he'll be uh, – although he might be – I think he's in Mobile today. He's leaving. but uh, we're So we're going to talk to him coming up. And then Brian Matthews at 820. And all of that, we're wide open, guys, for you guys. We do this from time to time when Lee decides he's going to take a day or two or three as it is. We give you the opportunity to come on and be a part of the show. How are you going to handle game day by yourself? Oh, well, Triple G will be there. I'm uh, sure grabbing the headset. I'm sure he will. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, people. Listen, Pe- people. People. Oh, By the way, okay, God. so at some point today or tomorrow, whatever, we need you guys to call up with your best impersonation of a WNSP personality. Mm. Whether it's me, I can take a joke. Y'all want to make fun of me? That's fine. I mean, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? You want to take a shot at, at Bronner? Nick, Corey, your Tommy Prater. Your impression of me is terrible. You see, I've heard it's spot on. I've heard it is spot on. I've right, been told nothing but good things. All right, go ahead. Well, no, no. You see, what we need to do is get you all worked up, and then we both need to do. You need to get you all. You need to get all worked up, and then I need to 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 <laughs> throw mine in there, and we have to see if people can tell who it is. And you know what? Maybe what we'll do is. We'll get your name and number. You come on. You you do the impression. And at the end of the day, we'll name like a winner and we'll throw you a little Chick-fil-A or something. Ah. What do you think? Sure. We can make that happen. We I have, mean, we got plenty of time. We have Chick-fil-A. We do. Well, we have Chick-fil-A cards somewhere in the building. Or maybe, you know what? Lee might have taken them. Better yet, them. maybe I'll throw in. Let me check. I might have some golf passes. Now we're talking. I wouldn't. I wouldn't promise big like that before you're sure. Well, you said you'd be playing other people's music. I hadn't heard any of that yet. Chris Moon's next. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. So bye bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye, singing. All right, 732. Welcome back in the opening kickoff, you guys. Obviously, DJ Jazzy Bronner over there uh, taking your request and fulfilling said request. With that one, uh, continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. Another leadless edition of the show. All right. It is now time. Look, we we try heated in the app, by the way. Is it? Wow. All right. Uh, We here at WNSP try to bring you the best analyst, the best guest, the most entertaining guest that we can. And when those guys aren't available, we bring in Chris Booten. Father Chris Bruton, good morning, oh, sir. How about that? Up, Mark. How about that one? <laughs> I was like, say, go say three Hail Marys and do your pants, please. Okay, so that, that brings me to my very first question. How, does, uh, how do you feel as a football official when a team calls for a Hail Mary at some point in the game? 
I mean, there there was a reason Roger Staubach named it that. I mean, that's literally what he did. He prayed a Hail Mary, then threw the ball as far as he could, and uh, and, it, and it worked. So that's how it got its name, by the way, for the listeners out there that have no idea why we call it a Hail Mary. Look at you educating people. That's not why I had you on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it's so good. It's so good to be on this morning. You don't know how much I was looking forward to this. All right, so my other question is: Do you just really like black and white? Like, what what are we doing here? Uh, uh, do I? I mean, it, it is in my color wheel. White <laughs> color wheel. So uh, people ask me all the time if I'm wearing my priestly attire to referee, and uh, I, I, I could say it vice versa. I could just wear my referee attire to priest. Yeah, no, I, that that's a sermon I'd be there for. All right, so. Tell what, <laughs> why, uh, why, why high school officiating? This is a, this is not a, um, a second job that you normally hear priests picking up. No, actually, um, it, it is uh, according to the Catholic Church. It is a, uh, I mean, you have to have the archbishop, the bishop's permission to have a second job. We're not allowed to have second jobs, by the way. So, uh, I, you know, I, football and just high school sports in general was something I was always just drawn to because uh, I played it. And, uh, and uh, you know, I was looking for something just to really just kind of like fit my humanity into a little bit, something I really enjoy. And, and football is one of those things. Baseball is another one. Basketball is another one. So, uh, but football worked out well with my schedule. Friday nights were kind of slow nights anyway. And, uh I was looking just really to get involved in the community, um, and uh, you know I live in Troy and Ozark in the Wiregrass, and and just to be involved in uh, the community and helping out any way I can. And uh, so you know, actually I just had a, a contact here in Mobile, Robert Lowe's, who's the head of officials here in Mobile, and I asked him. I said, uh, and, you know, they're they're always looking for people right now. They have a shortage of high school officials, and uh, he kind of got me in contact with people in Troy, and it was just a way. Uh, just the way something doing something I enjoy really more than anything, and uh, it's a lot to learn. I'll tell you that much. Chris Booten with us here on WNSP, uh, one of the newest high school officials. So the, your schedule allows you to do it on Friday. So I guess that means that you have no dreams of being promoted all the way to NFL games, right? That might be a conflict in your schedule. Say Sundays. <laughs> yeah, Sundays are kind of a busy day for me. I have no no aspirations of moving up to the college ranks on Saturday or Sunday. I'm, uh, I'm really just happy to do Friday night. And, and the great thing about it is, Mark, you know this, uh, like all of my high, high school friends and all of my college friends and people I, I grew up with are, are in some form high school football coaches anyway. So I'm really looking forward to, one day to running across one of their games and flagging them for unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, well, uh, so, uh, so which yeah. games? Yeah, really, you know, a good friend of the show, uh, Coach Zach Golston here, at, uh, head football coach at MGM. Yeah. Is, uh, he and I grew up together. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was telling him, I was like, I, I, Zach, I can't wait to light you up one day uh, if we ever just run across paths somewhere. So, uh, by the way, Chris Booten, he, he's the man that rides Caleb Ross's tail, uh, coattails everywhere. No, Where, Coach Ross rides mine. Uh, okay. He follows me around. Yeah, is that what it is? <laughs> All right, so what – I mean, I'm assuming, uh, and you know what they say about assumptions, that uh, you will not be calling any Catholic school games? Are, are you? Are you? Do they strike your name from those games? How does that work? Yeah, no, I, that's, that, that, that would be a fair assumption. Uh, it would probably be a conflict <laughs> of interest. Uh, you know, they actually did the Montgomery Catholic uh, uh, 
McGill game on Friday night. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, they asked me if I was interested in refereeing that, and I said uh, absolutely not because I'm still learning. But uh, no, they actually let me shadow uh, shadow the officiating crew on Friday night for that game. But no, I, I it would be it's one of those things. I was like. We do. I, I, I am going to try to be the best official and fair as possible, but that would be one of those things that would be like, yeah, it would just not be a fair thing, I guess. All right, so what is the uh, what was the, the most difficult part of this? Did something about this process and becoming a high school uh, official, did it surprise you? Was it harder than you thought it would be? What, what, what stood out? Oh, absolutely. It's, I, I think the amount, because football has gotten almost the rules, have gotten so complicated. Well, the one thing is like uh, player safety is 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 uh, is instrumental right now. That's all the way from the NFL all the way down to high school protecting players. Uh, but the amount of rules um, and, and what you have to know and what you have to look for and depending on your position that really surprised me. Um, how fast the game is now as well compared to probably what it was 20 years ago is is, is a surprise, but. Uh, you know, just to just to know know the rules, be in the right spot. Uh, it, it's really it, it was much more difficult than I ever imagined, and so and I'm really taking it slow just to get to know and get a feel of the game. Actually, I've watched football my entire life, and we all sit there and watch it and be like, I could, you know, I could do that. And it is a lot more. There's a lot more to it than I realized. And then the other aspect too is like. People don't know this. There's like there's a big difference in NFL rules, college rules, and high school rules. So what we watch, what I watch on Saturday, not getting those rules mixed up with what high school rules are, uh, is one of the things because you just the, the rules are different and you, they kind of sometimes just run together in your head. He's Chris Booten. He's a Catholic priest that uh, apparently doubles as a high school football official. Uh, as crazy as that sounds, uh, so you have been a team chaplain uh, and uh, on, on a couple different levels. So. The idea of salty language is not exactly foreign to you. No, it's not. It's not. It actually, like, uh, I think it's going to help my priesthood a lot because if people get mad at me at church, I'm going to be like, look, you know, I've got, I've got football coaches at my ear on Friday night. Yeah. You're not bothering me. So, you know. <laughs> have have uh, you? I, no, the language is one. No, sometimes you're like, coach, you got to clean it up a little bit. But I understand. People don't realize, too. I think I, and I'll just speak for all officials on this. Um like, there's a lot of leeway that goes with high school football coaches. We understand the pressure that they're under. Uh, that's one of the things that, uh, we, they, they stress with us. Uh, their jobs are on the line. Their careers are on the line. It's a stressful job. So sometimes, like, the things that come out of their mouth, um, they're probably not really proud of. But we understand. We understand, like, stress and things in those situations. So in those situations, perhaps after the game, will you be offering confessions for those that might? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They, I, I'm, happy, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to put that hat on if they need it as well. All right. Have you practiced throwing your flag? I, I, I picture you kind of like Rick Moranis in, in Little Giants practicing before the big game. You're going to throw me out? I'm throwing your mother out kind of stuff. <laughs> no, no, I have. Actually, I have. Uh, you know, I, I, I was, uh, it's, one, it's one of those things was like, I practice blowing the whistle, I practice the flag, I've, I've, uh, it's, 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 the game's fast, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to mess these things up, so yeah, like anything, it needs, it needs practice. 
Chris, we got a question in the app. Uh, so again, this is coming from the app, not from me. Just okay. you know, let me make that <laughs> let, me, let me let me make that clear before I ask this. But I I do I do want it asked. But if a player commits a foul, will the priest ref atone the penalty if the player says, "Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned." <laughs> will we atone the penalty? Uh, no. No. Uh, and so if you commit a foul, it's like getting – or you commit a penalty. And like, while there's always forgiveness, uh, there is a sense of and a, and a payment that has to be paid. And I don't think the, the opposing coach – if you go out there and, and rip somebody's head off with a uh, face mask, I don't think he's going to be like, you know what, don't worry about it, uh, Mr. Official. Just uh, he, He's sorry for, for his yeah. face mask, and I, I don't want the 15 yards. So the no, there's a sense of justice as well in things. So the penance <laughs> is 15 yards then? Yes. Okay, interesting. He's so unforgiving, that Chris Booten. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> a great question. Yeah, if you have any other questions, get them in the app at WNSP.com. We only have another minute. For for you guys that don't know Chris Booten, he's he's been in he has been a part of the Mobile community for uh, a long time. Tell everybody the first time I met you, what you told me who, what your favorite movie is. Tell everybody what your favorite movie is because I think that I think that says a lot about the man behind the the whistle or or the collar. Dominic, uh, Mark Hyme is going into the gym. I'm brand new Priest 2016 and, and walking out into the parking lot. And uh, Mark's going into the gym uh, with one of his boys. And uh, and uh, we get, we strike up a conversation. He asks, so what's your favorite movie? Mark, T-shirt on. I said, uh, my favorite movie by far is Predator from 1987. Yeah. And right then, a friendship grew. Yeah, yeah, it uh and and now anything on social media has something about getting to the chopper or something. It's it's. I mean, what, has, do you guys know any other priest that would answer that? We just ain't got time to bleed. We don't have time to bleed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, uh, I've never. I I don't. I, do you guys know a priest who would answer that question like that? Predator. Predator people. I gotta, I gotta ask several now. Yeah, I mean, if you got more questions, you might as well get them in. You might as well. Uh, all right. So when's your, uh, when's your next assignment? What, what game do you have? When is it? I am working on. Uh, so we, uh, our, our area covers Pike County, Crenshaw County, Dale County, and part into Bullitt County, which is the southeast portion of the state. Uh, uh, right now, I'm, I'm mainly working J. I'm going to be working JV games on Monday nights until I kind of get a, a feel and a rhythm of things. Um, you know, it's a slow process. The Archbishop of Mobile, uh, Archbishop Brody, did tell me he was like, when he approved for me to do this, he said this will not interfere with your pastoral duties. Do I make myself clear? And I said absolutely. And so uh, right now, I've had a lot of weddings and things to do on Friday, Friday and Saturday. Uh, so it's been a slow process. But they're, they're, the officials are great. They're letting me kind of work my own own pace and schedule until I'm ready. I feel like the archbishop walks into his office every day and he's like, "All right, what do we got?" And then his assistant's always like. Uh, says your name, and he just kind of rolls his eyes like, all right, now what do I have to deal with? There's a lot of truth in that, actually. Uh, I, when I called him, I said, uh, Archbishop, I was like, I got a strange request, but I, I need your approval on it. And I said, is it okay if I referee high school football games? And there was like a five seconds of silence, and he goes, Chris, 
I don't think I've ever received that yeah. question from a priest before. Yeah. And I said, oh, well, yeah, well, there's a lot of things that you received from me that you've never had to deal with before, you too. Now that's facts right there. I can, I can, uh, I can confirm I that. Mean, he ordained me, by the way. So he knew what he was getting into when he uh, long years ago. All right, before I let you go, I got to ask you, which, uh, for those that don't, Chris Boot also boxes. Okay, I don't know if he's but, any good. I've never seen him. Why'd you wait till this point in the interview to bring I, that up? Because we had so much. There's a lot to unpack I here, had man. This is, a, this is a very complex person. All right, <laughs> best uh, best boxing movie that isn't Predator. Best. <laughs> oh, best. Bo- oh man. Oh, Cinderella man. Cinderella wow. man. I think is is one. I, you know, I, I, as much as I love Rocky uh, and can quote the entire thing. Uh, best boxing movie by is, is, is Cinderella Man, in my opinion. I don't know, Raging Bulls up there too. I, I mean, this is this is difficult, Mark. Uh, we ask only the hard hitting questions here on WNSP, sir. Uh, so, with your current profession, uh, when it comes to quoting Rocky movies, are you allowed to quote George Washington Carver? Uh, the full context of the quote when he says "only in America." If you remember correctly, he says a word prior to that. I'm trying to think, Mark. Um, I can't say it on no, the air, no, and no, I, no, I cannot say that. Yeah, no, you can put that together. That. What you know? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're talking about the very end, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, he goes, "Touch me, and I'll sue." Or before that, he says, "Only in America," but he uses a, a word that starts with a G. It's got a D in there. I just didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. No, yeah, no. He, yeah, George Washington Carver. Yeah. All right. So we we found your limits. It took us 15 minutes, but we found the limit. <laughs> We found no, that I'm, line I'm, that you I'm couldn't cross. Name, yeah, that's probably that's probably a pretty good spot to end on right there. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, great seeing you the other day. Uh, congrats on your uh, on your your second job there. And uh, oh, you, thanks, Mark. We actually uh, we hope that you uh, convert from football to basketball because man, I would get after you from the bench, man. Let's do some basketball oh, this season. Let's I get know it. You would. Uh, you know, Coach Murphy, Philip Murphy, asked me that on Friday night as well. And you talk about you talking about a voice that I do not want in my ears, Philip Murphy. <laughs> yeah, but it would give you no greater pleasure than to tee that dude up. <laughs> put him in, put him in Mrs. Hayes's office. That that's would be right. Outstanding. Well, he'd certainly know the way. That's for sure. Hey, uh, <laughs> we appreciate it, man. Be good. We'll be in touch. And uh, best of luck, sir. Oh, absolutely. Anytime y'all need me, uh, uh, know, know my first for y'all, Mark, and uh, love the show still, still in Troy, Alabama. Love y'all. Hey, hey, man. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate it. That's Father Chris yeah. Booten, ladies Bye. and gentlemen. Uh, apparently, there's a war brewing in the app. Yeah, we're going to get into this. Let's get it. We're wrapping up hour number two next right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. This is Brad Nessler, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5 in Mobile.
Just wanted to let it play out. It's so good. I like it. 751, welcome back in. Wrapping up our number two. This segment brought to you by Dixie Supply. They've got you covered. Dixie Building Supply manufactures a variety of metal roofing systems to meet your needs, whether you are putting a new roof on your home or sheeting a commercial building. They've got you covered. Give them a call, Dixie Supply, or visit their website, DixieSupply.com. All right. I was just having a lovely conversation on the air, and all hell breaks loose in the app. Michael Bronner, bring everybody up to speed. There seems to be a lot of mean-spirited tenacity going on today. People are going— And I love it. I'm here for it. Let's hear it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm certainly not discouraging that. You know, please go at each other. Go at me. Go at Mark. Uh, go at Corey and Nick for sure in the afternoons in the app. Please, you know, be be merciless in the app. You know, we prefer that. It's great content. But anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so someone made a comment in the app, and I believe it's a regular user. I'm not even going to give them the justice of using of using their app. Name. Oh, we see now. I'm already defending him because I'm already wanting to defend him because. You don't want to give him credit. All right, let's go. Let's right, battle. Fidowski in the app. He's a regular commenter. Right. He has been since I've been here. Uh, he said something along the lines of, I compare the Milrow situation to the Jalen Hurts situation. Uh, Bama fans hate Milrow like they hated Jalen Hurts. And rightfully so, that triggered a war for a couple of reasons. One, Bama, Jalen Hurts is one of the most beloved players in Alabama history. Uh Yes, he got pushed out. Tua was better at the time. Tua's not better anymore, uh, pretty clearly. Jalen Hurts has gotten a lot better since his time at Alabama. Is the better player now. Might have even been the better player in 2018. I think after that national championship, Hurts got a lot better that offseason. I think Saban didn't really have much of a choice but to start Tua uh, that 2018 season. And, heck. That Bama team was 14-0 headed into the national championship and had the best offense in the country. Tua finished second in the Heisman race. Uh, and, you know, they got smoked by Clemson. I don't know if, you know, I, I don't think Hurts playing quarterback would have made much of a difference that day. Uh, so, But, you know, Hurts very well might have already been better than Tua by that point. And then, you know, goes to Oklahoma and does what he did. And then 2019 went how 2019 went for Bama. They probably would have been better off with Jalen Hurts again. But... No, no one hates Jalen Hurts. No one hates Jalen Milrow. Milrow's a likable guy. He's a good kid. Uh, I think people want a high level. People are accustomed to a high level of quarterback play, like they have had in the last decade from Alabama. But I don't think anyone hates Jalen Milrow. No one hated Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is an Alabama hero. He led Alabama to a national championship appearance as a true freshman. He led Alabama when he came in for an injured Tua in the 2018 SEC championship and led Alabama to a victory. I mean, what what are, what are we talking about here? Uh, so I would agree that I don't. No one hates Jalen Milrow, uh, and, and and the only reason I can steadfastly say that is because you know recent. I mean, it's not been that long since we started talking about Jalen Milrow. I'm trying to remember, and you guys will have to help me out. Now we'll here. see how this year goes. I, I'm trying to remember if there was ever a revisionist history. I mean, when you look back on it, everybody loves, right? He's like the poster child for college football, what everybody wants your quarterback to be. I didn't win the starting job. Okay, I'll continue to work, you know. And then he got a shot. He, he, you know, it's all history, right? I'm trying to remember, and maybe you guys can help me out here. Was there ever a time where we were frustrated with Jalen Hurts' play? I think during the national championship, <laughs> and then Nick Saban made the call that needed to be made. Right, but I'm, think, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like long term over a few weeks. Like this dude just can't throw the ball, and it's really frustrating. I, I can't remember. 
I, I, I just don't remember specifically if we ever had those feelings because it was so long ago. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely criticized during his freshman year in 2016. Again, you know, they went to a national championship, and if it weren't for Hunter Renfro pushing off or, uh, or an offensive pass interference on Clemson, Jalen Hurts is a national champion as a true freshman. Yeah. So, uh, and then in 2017, gets to another national champion. They do lose that Iron Bowl at Auburn and, you know, get some luck to get into the playoffs, but then they smoke Clemson, get redemption for the national championship, and go to the national championship against Georgia. And again, if Saban doesn't make the call to put Tua in at halftime, they do lose that game. Hurts, frankly, was was terrible yeah. uh, that night. So Steele Todd and the Apple saying people wanted passing versus the offense they ran, and Hurts was critiqued a lot as a freshman in the next year, which was a little bit to your point. So um, I guess if I'm being the judge here, I would – I. I don't, I don't know. I think hate probably a strong word, and I think the listener that made that comment would probably revisit the word. But I, I think there was your, your regular level of frustration with whoever the starting quarterback at Alabama would be when it came to Jalen Hurts, especially early in his career. I, 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 I don't see any frustration or hatred at, at Milrow at this point, though. There's nothing yeah. to, there's nothing to frust- be frustrated or, 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 or hate right now. Um, I could see that being a potential – issue mostly because Nick Saban hadn't put out a depth chart (laughs) and it's back to that again let's have this same conversation after September 9th against Texas and yeah there might be some I wouldn't say hate but frustration yeah Um, Ty Simpson might be the quarterback by that point too so so we'll see uh all right so we'll continue to monitor the uh the app and uh by the way I do have some golf passes so, and if hour number three, you guys, we're, we're going to talk to Brian Matthews at 820. But if you want to call up and give your best impression of a WNSP personality, you got to give Brawny your name and your number so we can contact you if you feel like you are worthy of such a thing. Should we do it over today and tomorrow? And the best, the best sure. impersonation gets a pair of golf passes? Sure. I feel like an hour just isn't enough time. Sure. But we're going to do it on the air. We need everybody to hear. And then Michael and I will take incredibly detailed notes. If yeah, you want to make it kind, kind of subjective. You can make your there. yeah, your impression of Bronner, of me, of Nick, of Corey, of Who's the Shetty? easiest one to impersonate, would you say? Uh, Alec Naiman, he's a personality. Uh I don't know. Uh, I find that you and Corey were were, were fairly. Uh, I don't know. I, I've I've actually done impressions of you, Corey, Nick, Alec, Tommy Prater. I don't know. What do you think? I think Nick, because you just say people a bunch of times. Listen, people. I'm going to tell you why the NBA is, listen, the greatest oh my God. the greatest sport ever yeah, invented. Yeah, talk about the NBA it's and Anthony Richardson. It's worldwide. People listen. People. Yeah. LeBron. Yeah. They talked NBA yesterday, didn't they? Oh, I'm sure <laughs> they did. <laughs> All right. Hour number uh, three. We'll reset to get you some headlines. The opening kickoff. We're just... Uh, Cruising along here on a Leeless edition, right here on the Sports Station WNSP.
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. All right, so here we go. Let me say, we're in hour number three, another Leeless edition of the opening kickoff. Phone lines are open, 694-1055. We want to hear from you. I would add, uh, we've been talking, there was kind of this war going on in the app about Jalen Milrow. I, I think one of the issues that might also have some Alabama fans concerned about this whole thing is the idea that Nick Saban... Uh, has made it very clear they want to go to a little bit more of a pro-style offensive pocket passer, and Jalen Milrow doesn't necessarily fit that bill, at least since we've seen him last. Now, whether or not he's made Jalen Hurts-like improvement in the past game it remains to be seen. But uh, to, to the listener's point who kind of started this whole thing, that maybe there's a little a bit of a frustration there after I've done some thinking about this. That maybe he just doesn't. Maybe we're trying to put a, a round peg in a square or a square peg in a round hole kind of deal, uh, because Jalen Milrose's skill set, at least last time we saw him, doesn't necessarily match with what Nick Saban claims they want to do offensively. Well, I mean, obviously we know what he can do as a runner. Jalen Milrose kind of has yet to show much of anything as a passer. So you know, if he right, so I'm thinking yeah. that that might be where that perceived frustration might be coming from. That our um in part uh, because of that, right? Well, the thought also is, like, Ty Simpson was this five-star prospect on paper. Uh, uh, on paper, he should be the best quarterback on the roster. What has Ty Simpson done or not done over the summer that, you know, hasn't separated himself from the rest of the pack? That's obviously been the big question. Yeah. I guess you can ask the same about Tyler Buckner, but I was never really of the belief that Buckner was brought in to start. So, all right. So let me get you a couple headlines there. Uh, Braves won 14-4 of the Rockies, but uh, it was the seventh inning that provided all the uh, the interest. Two fans ran out on the field uh, to take a selfie with Ronald Acuna, um, and while security finally ran out there to get these guys, a third one ran out there and, and made contact with them. So. Um, Never a dull moment. Um, and that's, by the way, the only time I mention baseball is, you know, when there's not a dull moment. So it doesn't happen very often. Uh, Jose Altuve uh, hit for the cycle in a 13-5 win at Fenway yesterday. Um, the Arizona Cardinals uh, will not be activating Kyler Murray off the pup list, which means he'll miss the first four games. Also cut Colt McCoy. They did and cut Colt McCoy. So Josh Dobbs, you're up, sir. And um, they also drafted a uh, some rookie. Clayton Toon, I think, from Houston. I think he was a senior bowl guy as well. An Atlanta area high school coach has been ar arrested. He was removed from the sidelines when, get this, he punched his own player in the gut. And there's video. <laughs> Rush probes. Your yeah, move, buddy. About this. Um, By the way, headline-wise, uh, speaking of the senior bowl, did you see this? Uh, the Bears cut. I can't even remember who he who he beat out, but Tyson Badgett won the backup job in uh, 
in Chicago, our our guy from the Senior Bowl, you know, his dad's the arm wrestler. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we he's met he's him. He's now the backup quarterback, the he shepherd quarterback. He was a he was a great guest, yeah. by the way. The dad certainly knew how to promote his son and his brand. Yeah, he's not, he, man, from Shepherd University to immediate backup quarterback in the NFL. How yeah, about that? That's uh, that's pretty cool. So uh, congratulations. Um, and then uh, speaking of quarterbacks in Alabama and Auburn, uh, Sam Hartman uh, revealed in an interview that during his time in the transfer portal. There were a number of schools that reached out and recruited him, including Florida, Auburn, and Alabama. Mm. So try that one on for size, boys and girls. If you're sitting there in your crimson and white or your blue and orange, and what would Sam Hartman look like with your with your team's helmet on? It's funny too because I mean there were never any, at least news cycle wise, rumors being thrown out about Sam Hartman to Alabama. I guess you know there would have been smoke to that fire if there was the rumor of the off season and proved to never be true but it was drake may the unc quarterback uh you know they were saying he's gonna enter the transfer portal and he's gonna end up at alabama because he was originally recruited to alabama and then you know it ended up he was never gonna enter the transfer portal but i remember at the time saying you know i don't want drake may at alabama you know this is alabama recruits good quarterbacks we have good quarterbacks on the roster we don't need drake may well hindsight uh, here we are a week out from the season. You want Drake May? Of course I want Drake May. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be the number two pick in the NFL draft. He's a stud. That's Same what I with like. Sam Hartman. That's what I love about Bronner, man. He can sit here and admit that he was wrong. Oh, man. Of course I want Drake May. He's a, he's a stud. Uh, one of the uh, By the way, we're going to talk to Brian Matthews about some Auburn coming up here in about 10 minutes. But if you guys want to jump in, you can. 694-1055. We talked about a number of topics today. Um, the whole depth chart both Saban and Freeze talked about the depth chart yesterday in their press conferences Hugh Freeze went as far as to say that he doesn't have a depth chart um which you know and I made this comment earlier today I, mean, I, I thought Hugh Freeze was going to be open and honest and transparent of course you have a depth chart you may not have it in a pdf form or in a google doc somewhere but you know who's starting and who's not so let's 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 stop with the bs we are simply trying to diffuse any potential in-house issues with guys waiting for the transfer portal to open so they can leave because they're not, you know, because they're not where they want to be on this depth chart. Depth charts have been around for years, um, and maybe people wouldn't be asking for it as much if coaches just released the information like they always have. Which, by the way, because the big story yesterday was Alabama media not getting a depth chart handed to them. Auburn media did get a depth chart handed to them yeah like it was posted you know there is a depth chart that exists and Hugh Freeze is just gonna say oh I I don't know what that is I I didn't make that what the SIDs made it up that's what he according to him in fact let's uh we'll, we'll start with Hugh Freeze take a listen uh take a listen to what Hugh Freeze had to he was actually asked about wide receivers and which one separate himself and it started this whole depth chart you know soliloquy take a listen and with you, I don't even have a depth chart, so I, I don't know where that came from. I guess that's from the SID world. I, I don't do depth charts, so, um, you know, I just don't. That, that's It's really nonsense. Uh, I mean, you're going to play your four to five outside receivers and your two or three inside receivers in our system, and I don't care who runs out there with – the first group or the second group, I, they freely rotate. So I don't make much of those depth charts. And it's just so stupid. 
Again, why, why did – because uh, now we know from t- out of Tuscaloosa, it is an option for the media to not be handed a depth chart at all. So why did they get handed anything? I don't think the Auburn SID – like, surely they'd have to get some sort of clearance. Yeah. No, uh, he was I don't care who's that. What do you mean? Of course there's you care. There's some sort of rotation. There's some sort of right. pecking order. Right. And if and if there's not, then why, why are we even why are we even practicing? Like why are we even trying to develop depth? Just like, throw just, a guy just out, throw there. Him out there. UMass. Who cares? Right. You're gonna beat him anyway. So Nick Saban, on the other hand, he talked a little bit about the depth chart being a distraction. This is my point about transfer portal. Chalk this up as a transfer portal win. This is the only reason. Depth charts are an issue now, in my opinion, at least more so now than ever. It's because of the way the kids react. Take a listen to Nick Saban. So that, um, you know, your number one focus is not on the game. Uh, it's on the depth chart. And look, there's a lot of competition on the team. Uh, and when we put a depth chart out, you all think that's like final. Like this is like etched in stone that it's going to be this way forevermore. Uh, just because we come out of fall <laughs> camp, and that's where it is. That's my favorite part. Forevermore. The forevermore part. It's going to be that way. It's like he's quoting forevermore. The, it's like he's quoting the Raven. I love it. But, uh. no, so this is a real thing. And I guess to some degree it's always been a thing, but now players have the option to do something about it. And so Nick Saban is very conscious of this. That's the thing. But they I don't think, right now. But I think um, – but they do. I mean, they can they can be, oh, man, this is BS. When the portal opens, I'm out of here. And there's nothing that, that I guess, I, I guess, guess Nick Saban feels like if there's not a depth chart, then that overwhelming feeling of being excluded or undervalued isn't there. But they're going to know soon enough, right, when the games start. Yeah. So I would argue that if you were more – and I don't mean this about Saban. I didn't mean this in coaches in general. If you just – if you're more open with the the, don't, don't you get the feeling though that media is going to ask you about things that you're not willing to give more so than things that you're willing to give? Sure. So, I'm if you say, man, we got a pretty sweet helmet coming out, but I can't. People going to ask you about the helmet. As stupid as that sounds, I can't tell you about it. But right, be Alabama. on the lookout. It's pretty cool. Alabama's unleashing a new sticker on their helmet. Oh my! What's the? What it? Can't tell you. Well, is can you? Can, is it a shape? Like, can you tell me what? Like, that's the point. Like, if you if you say I'm not, there is no depth chart. People are gonna want to know what the depth chart is. Mm. It's like if I tell Bronner not to think of a cheeseburger, he's thinking cheeseburger right now. He can't help it. Why'd you do that? See. Oh, by the way, tomorrow, as a tease, write this down. We're going to talk about Bronner and his addiction to peanut butter powder. Ooh, whatever the hell that is. We'll get into it. That's disgusting. Had some yesterday. That's awful. All right, let's get you traffic and weather. We'll come back with Brian Matthews, uh, and then the rest of the way is open. I got two golf passes between now and the end of Wednesday's show that we're going to give away to the person that calls in with the the best impersonation of a WNSP personality. It can be me, it can be Bronner, it can be Nick, Corey, Prater, Ricchetti, Scott Hunter, Tracy Turner, Pigskin Pete. I just like saying Pigskin Pete. Cowhide Carl, as I like to call him, because footballs aren't made of pigskin anymore. He's a fraud. I've made that very clear over the years. <laughs> Stay with us, there's plenty left.
821. Uh, thanks for hanging with us here on this Tuesday edition. It's the uh, opening kickoff, a leadless edition right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. We'll take your phone calls a little bit later in our show, but let's bring in our good friend, Brian Matthews, who covers the uh, Auburn Tigers uh, for Rivals.com. You can follow him on Twitter at BMATAU. Brian, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Just got the dog walk, so I'm ready to roll the rest of the day now. <laughs> we all have goals early in the morning, and you got That's yours right. done. All right, so uh, Freeze mentioned a couple guys that were hurt, did not commit to whether or not they were playing, but Robbie Ashford, one of them, an oblique strain. What's your gut tell you, no pun intended there? Is he, uh, is he, is he going to be on the field? My gut tells me that oblique tra- uh, strains can be kind of tricky, so you want to be careful with it. You don't want to re-aggravate it, so... My guess, unless they think he's 100, percent they're going to hold him out. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I would think. You know, why risk? Uh, you know, further making that worse or having a setback. But you know, you've also got concerns about Nehemiah Pritchett, J.D. Rim, two uh, cornerbacks there that are banged up. So I think you'll see a lot out of a couple of true freshmen. Uh, Kyan Lee came in January, was terrific in the spring, and uh, Colton Hood, as a guy who came in May, has been really good so far in camp. So you're going to see two freshmen up there at cornerback. I think Brian, fairly just- early for Auburn. Uh, and then I forget uh, uh, Nick Martin. I think Jalen McLeod's another one, um, the top pass rusher at, at Jack Linebacker. He's another one that's been banged out for the past couple of weeks. So I think he'll probably be available. We'll see if they need him or not. Brian, just to throw the hypothetical out there, had Robbie Ashford won the job, do you think he'd still be playing this week, even with the oblique strain? You know, would he be starting this week? Probably, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how how bad of a you know. I don't know how bad it is. I, I think um, and 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 the, and the competition is going to be close either way. So I, I'd say probably because he'd be the starter and they want to get him out there. But I don't. I don't know. That's that's a tough question there. Uh, one of the questions uh, Hugh Freeze kind of asked himself uh, was about the running game. Right. Does he have an effective running team, or is uh, is the defense making him look good? I guess we'll find out this weekend. But what's your take? Well, I definitely think Auburn is going to have a really good running game. They've improved the offensive line. Uh, it's the most improved position on the team, in my opinion. I got some big physical tight ends, some big physical receivers, and they, you know, the running back room is, is really talented and deep. So that is going to be the strength of this team, in my opinion. But I also think they've got some more to do um, in that front six on defense. Um, you know, they got some depth issues there. They need to stay healthy. They got some young guys trying to fill spots, transfers. I think that's a defense also that's a learning a new style that that's um, really aggressive. Um, you know, attack the line of scrimmage under Rod Roberts, and that can also lead to mistakes and big plays if you don't, you know, make the right reads and make the right decisions. So I think it'll be a process for that defense. I do think they will improve as the season goes on. Brian uh, Matthews, our guest here for just a couple more minutes. Uh, this disease known as depth chart seems to be contagious and spreading through the state like wildfire. What, what's going on? Well, I think this might be the last depth chart we get in Auburn for a while. I'm just guessing by you freeze completely disavowing the, the depth <laughs> chart that was sent out by the Auburn media relations staff uh, yeah. to start um, uh, yesterday's press conference. But uh, I, I think that's the way of the world now, right? College football coaches do not want depth charts. They want to keep their players out of the transfer portal, and they want to tell everybody that their starters are in the rotation. So uh, I think you're going to see less and less depth charts 
unless it's me just making one up, which I intend to do many, many times now. Yeah. Since we're not going to probably get many official ones here from here on out. What about you going all impossible, Mission Impossible with disavowing something? He look, but <laughs> but he had to like he he cleared that depth chart, right? They just didn't throw one out there. He, I mean, he talks about how he doesn't do depth charts and their nonsense, but. The SID didn't just randomly throw something together and throw it out there. It had to get his approval, right? I would think his approval or uh, maybe a, a staff member that he trusts, right? If he's right. too busy to mess with that. But, yeah, I, you know, I, they didn't just make it up. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I do think um, it's the trend now with, with the transfer portal and uh, everybody trying to poach everybody's you know best backup players that uh, they're going to be a little bit more careful. Uh, Auburn and every school about putting out official depth charts. Yeah. Uh, last, before I let you go, though, I did want to ask you. I thought it was really interesting, kind of a a quick glimpse into the mind of uh, of Hugh Freeze when he started talking about how a, a throw off a run he kind of counts as a run, which I thought was kind of fascinating and would probably drive a statistician crazy. Um, that was kind of <laughs> yeah. weird, right? Yeah, but I can see how it works. It's that RPO offense, right, where um, sometimes that short pass is the same as just handing it off to your tailback and getting the three yards to them, right? That's just part of the offense and, and keeping it moving. So um, I understand it, but no, that's not something I could keep up with. I, I would have no idea what pass counts as a run and what pass counts as a pass. That'd be kind of rough. Yeah. Hey, I uh, appreciate you hopping aboard. No, it's a busy day as always, a busy week as we are in uh, game prep. Tell everybody how they can continue to follow your coverage of Auburn as they prepare for their season opener. Appreciate it. I'm just publishing right now a story on that running game and the questions there on the, on the, on the defense. And um, uh, we're going to get together for our 601st uh, rundown, our podcast. We'll get to see practice later this afternoon, have some video, all that and more at AuburnSports.com. Follow me on Twitter slash X and threads at BMATAU. So are you as, as pumped up about 601 as you are 600? Seems like that's a, a normal normal place for a letdown there. Well, it is, it is, it is game week, so I'm kind of pumped up. Oh, yeah. there you go. Nice coach speak there, there Brian. You, you saved it. I appreciate it. Go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. All right, man. That's Brian Matthews, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate him jumping aboard here on WNSP. A throw off a run is a run, according to Hugh Freeze. My head's spinning. That's some deep philosoph philosophical football jargon right there. I don't know. They have three easy games to start out. You what? <laughs> said they have three easy games to start out. None of it matters till week four for Auburn. We should just take a month off then. Oh, well, Bama's got Texas week two. Yeah. You brought up an interesting point. Uh, Not all of us can just, you know, have a cake non-conference schedule. Oh, wow. Wow. You called out Auburn and Georgia in, in one statement. Well, if you ask a Georgia fan, we were supposed to play Oklahoma. Uh, you did bring up an interesting point, and I guess this is a point we should probably tackle next week, but, you know, we can talk freely amongst ourselves here for the next couple of days. What happens next week? How long, if Milrow's the starter, how long do you go with Milrow if things aren't going well offensively before you go to the next guy? He's going to light it up this week, so I don't know. And then, oh, by the way, the Green Bay Bar, we mentioned this earlier. We need to hear from you guys. Offering to pick up your tab during a Jets game if Aaron Rodgers loses. What are you drinking and how many are you ordering? But it comes with some uh, rules that you have to follow. We'll tell you all about it. Bronner, clearly a Zima guy. See the opening kickoff. Stay with us.
there's a a laid back kind of relaxed feel to Bronner's music. All his musical selections. I'm not being critical. It's just an observation here as we're on this day where we're kind of giving him the keys to the jukebox. It's 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 upbeat. It's but it's it's kind of chill. You want to sit in a lawn chair and drink a cold beer? Yeah, eight thirty in the morning. Well, I don't mean right this second, but you know that's that gives you an idea of my taste and tunes. Okay. Uh, this segment brought to you by Kimco Metal Buildings, metal building construction experts established in 1965. Over 50 years of experience, free consultations over there in Daphne. Give them a call, 626-0594. That's 626-0594. Kimco Metal Buildings, better designs, tons more quality. Check them out online at kimcobuildings.com. All right, you guys can jump in here at 694-1055. Um, Wanted to let you know, uh, we talked a little bit about this earlier. It bears repeating, though. There is a bar up in the uh, Milwaukee area that is offering to pay your tab. Free booze. Every time, well, not every time, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets lose. So Jack's American Pub is willing to pick up your tab. Now, there are uh, some stipulations to this. The tab must be opened at least 15 minutes before kickoff, which means you can't be coming rolling in at halftime because, you know, the Jets are down two scores. So you got to start 15 minutes before at least. It does not include food, so this is alcohol only. Now, the offer only applies if Rodgers is starting, which quite frankly he should be, and the Jets game does not run or is being played at the same time as a Packers game. So it's really only going to be about four times this upcoming season. You also have to be present the entire game to get that tab taken care of. So my question is to you, how much damage are you doing? What are you drinking and how many are you doing? Earlier today, we had people say $150 to $200 worth of alcohol will be consumed in a three-hour-plus scenario what are you drinking and how much of it how much are you spending or in this case getting reimbursed for you you going you're going you're going beer miller light miller light maybe coors all right just switch it up a little bit yeah those are two favorites see i i feel like with the idea of a tab being taken care of, I might dive into a little bit more. I might go liquor over beer. Simply Again, you don't know if the tab is being taken care of, though. What if it's a good game and Rodgers leads the team down the field at the end of the game and says, oh, yeah, sorry, 200 bucks." You yeah, that that's kind of a form of gambling, no you doubt. Know, you know what's funny? Rodgers probably knows about this, too, and he's like, all right, I got to. <laughs> I gotta put it on him. <laughs> He's figured out which four games yeah. it is. And it's week week one is the first one. And who they got in week one? I believe they're at Buffalo on Monday night. Or it might be in it might be in New Jersey. But uh That might they play Buffalo week one on Monday night. I'd feel pretty good about Oh well Jets defense. Yeah, they do. That's a Monday night game. Ooh. I'm not sure if I can hit it that hard on a Monday night, though. 
Dude, what different is a Monday night versus Sun? Well, I guess Sunday afternoon. You have multiple hours. Sure. To. No, I'm 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 feeling I'm feeling pretty good about the Bills' chances in that one. Mm. Yeah. Jets have a tough start to the season. I think they got Kansas City and New England and I'm probably, Dallas. In those I'm probably first doing few weeks. A, a whiskey or a bourbon. Maybe you get like one or two like top shelf drinks. Yeah. On that Monday night. Yeah. I mean, what is it? They get paid for. Uh, liquor before beer, you're in the clear. So start off with your with your top shelf drinks and then move on to beer. Well, I think there's also something to you know if you're drinking higher quality liquor. And then you're beer before okay. liquor, you're never sicker. So I'm probably going to stay away from beer early. Yeah, I don't think that. I don't I, think I've, that's heard, a thing? I've heard the adage. I I don't think it's necessarily. It's cliche because it's true. Oh, I'm not saying it's it's cliche. I, I I don't. I just don't think it's true. You know, I think if uh, if you're drinking enough of either, it doesn't. <laughs> Doesn't really matter the next day. Uh, <laughs> You're talking like a game day in Tuscaloosa, and it's so it's it's a night kickoff. Someone saying take WNSP on the road, broadcast live from the bar. Well, Ooh. if you want to win, then you bring us out. Ooh, because high school game day rocking the undefeated. Oh, I there love are, that. There are two certainties this year or this week. One, WNSP undefeated, two and zero oh, high school game day. Two. Vanderbilt leads the SEC in the conference standings. Get to go out there, root against Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. You're not an Aaron Rodgers fan. Rodgers fan. It's funny. Like I've never hated Aaron Rodgers, so I hate that I have to hate him now because he's public enemy number one at this point. Jets are my least favorite team in the league. Um, so it is what it is. Because I I've never really hated Aaron Rodgers. I you know I think he's an interesting dude. He's quirky. Uh, so you know. Marches to the beat of his own drum. I like the guy. Did like the guy. But now he's the quarterback of my least favorite team. And all I've heard about him is the Jets and Jets, Jets, Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, no, I've had enough. I can't stand him now. Uh, and I'm rooting for nothing more than him and the Jets to fail. So it's more the team than him. But, you know, he's the face of the team now. So You're so angry. I'm not angry. <laughs> <laughs> We've, remember, we talked about this. It's been 14 times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, Seven years. All right. You guys. And the Cam Newton Patriots beat the Jets. Look at you. You got a one-track mind. Yeah. So how did, how did you come to terms or grips with that Cam Newton Terrible. Patriots Terrible. dynamic? That team made me sad every week. It wasn't like if Cam Newton was good that year. Oh, I, I just didn't know with that whole Auburn dynamic. Oh, I mean, you know, Cam at Auburn is, is pretty me at Alabama, so I don't hold – I was just never a big fan of Cam Newton because I was never a big fan of Cam Newton, not because he was an Auburn guy, but uh, I hated Cam Newton as the Patriots quarterback, not because he went to Auburn, but because he was terrible, and that offense was depressing to watch every week. So, so he was terrible as an NFL. He was terrible as the Patriots quarterback. Okay, okay. I'm talking about a former MVP. He was great right. at one point. Oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking for clarification. No, I mean, I, he was an MVP. He did uh, pull up lame in that Super Bowl and didn't dive on the uh, the fumble there. But um, I think someone's taking a little bit of uh, – yeah, you can't say hate on the station. Well played. I like it. See, that? what I love about that is that's the guy that listens <laughs> for multiple hours a day. That is one of our uh, – that's a super fan right there. Just a bit saying. ousty. Um, 
By the way, tomorrow on the show, uh, Roman Harper is set to join us. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll talk some Alabama, some SEC, but we'll, we might throw him a Saints question. He told us twelve. He told me the other day 12 wins for the Saints. 12? 12 wins. Get you some. These Saints fans have become delusional. I'll say this. Last year, I remember during the fall football kickoff party, I said something along the lines that the Saints are going to win six, six or seven games. I was called a delusional moron i think by fidowski by the way i was called a delusional moron in the app told i know nothing about football guess what the team stunk okay but first of all to be clear both those statements could be true well you could be a moron and you could be right i'm just saying be that as it may (laughs) the the headline the headline there should be that i was right yeah i i was told i know nothing yeah, see, he admits it in the app. It was him. You see, this is what I love about this. We can all admit when we're wrong. Except Lee and, and Triple G. Again, that team stunk. The writing was on the wall. And again, this team, the Saints team, by the way, should, and I wrote about this on WNSP.com the other day. You can go read it. Uh, this team should win 10 or 11 games. They should. Division stinks. They got the best quarterback in the division. They have the best defense in the division. Tampa should win four games. Carolina, Atlanta, or eh? Have you seen the uh, video that kind of went viral of Baker Mayfield throwing in at Tampa practice? And he's from missing, like weeks ago. Yeah, where he's just missing receivers. Him and like, Kyle Trask. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's that hilarious. Team, that team is going to be so bad. Uh, that team is going to be in contention for a top three pick. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're just. I mean, they were terrible last year, and Brady got all this flack. And I'm not doing this to make this a defend Tom Brady thing, but I mean, the team was awful. And, you know, Brady kind of kept them afloat and I guess brought them to the playoffs. I mean, they were eight and nine, or maybe it was nine and eight. I can't even remember, but uh, deservedly got smoked by Dallas in the first round of the playoffs because they were, in fact, a terrible football team uh, that won a terrible division. I don't know. Unless, uh, barring immediate stardom from Bryce Young, which, by the way, is not out of the realm of possibility, you know, this is, this is the Saints division to lose. The, the problem with. Okay, so a couple of things. The problem with Carolina isn't going to be Bryce Young. It's going to be protecting Bryce Young, right? Sure. Like uh, he could be, he could be the greatest quarterback to ever come out of the University of Alabama. Yes, he, he is. I know you. I threw a softball there and you hit it out the park, <laughs> but Boom. they can't protect him. So that that's going to be a huge issue. The well, other issue with the Saints, though, and this is a point that Matt Moscona made, is if you look at their schedule, and this is a this is this is easiest what, in the league. It's not only easy, but you look at the quarterbacks they're not facing. They don't face any of the like if tell me who the best quarterbacks in the league are and they don't see, you know, um Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or go down they don't they don't see any of those guys. And so, yes, the road is certainly paved has been paved for them to the NFC title or NFC South title game uh, or championship easily. Um because like you point out, they're Everybody else in the team, or everybody else in the division, is terrible. They do see Bryce Young twice, though. Yeah, but they also see that <laughs> offensive line twice. So I, I, I mean, my my thing on the Panther, if they were terrible last year, and, and they not that they were good, they won seven games. But if they were horrible last year, I wouldn't even be throwing this out as a possibility. But they were in contention again. The NFC South was horrible last year, but they were in contention still in like week sixteen yeah. to win that division with you know PJ Walker. And Sam Darnold in a revolving door of tor- terrible quarterback play. And, you know, you trade DJ Moore to get Bryce Young. But that being said, it's like 
if you're going from P.J. Walker and Sam Darnold to Bryce Young, seems like a natural conclusion to say, all right, this team could win more than they won last year. I understand you lose your best receiver, but it's not this ridiculous prospect to say they could be better than they were last year, and what they were last year was still in contention in that terrible NFC South in like week 16 or 17. So again, I don't think that Bryce Young is going to be an immediate star. I do think he's going to be a very good NFL quarterback. I don't think it'll be right away. But if it is right away, they can win this division. Um, there's a question in the app about Matthew Stafford. Is Matthew Stafford the best quarterback they face? No, Bryce Young. Um, Probably. Probably. Bryce Young is better than Matt Stafford. I, I think it's a little. I'm unsold on this Stafford elbow. It seems like it's about to fall off. All right, so let's do. Let's just take another. Let's take our final break because Matt, Matthew Stafford is in the news. Yeah. Again, and if I'm if I'm Matt Stafford, I ha- I probably have an issue with my wife going on a podcast and saying some of the things that she's been saying. It's football related, by the way. <laughs> I should probably make that clarification right off the bat. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll set the table for tomorrow's show as well. You guys can jump in 694-1055. A leadless edition of the opening kickoff. One last chance for Michael DJ Jazzy Bronner to spin his last record of the day. That's a mouthful right there. Pause. Stay with us. Hi, this is Luis Gonzalez, former South Alabama Jaguar and Major League player. You're listening to WNSP Mobile. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, I'm trying to get crumb. Come on, Bronner, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Here I come to get you. The Madden song. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, one final segment of the day. I just love it when people that may disagree come together at the end and make beautiful music as it is. <laughs> All right, quickly. Uh, By the way, the Saints played Trevor Lawrence to answer that question earlier. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's a good call. It's a good call. Who, by the way, is going to establish himself as a top five quarterback in the league this year? I think he already is. But as long as he can do it after he plays the Saints or before he plays the Saints. They're not going to beat the Jaguars. But go ahead with what you were saying. Anything oh. about Kelly Stafford. What's the, uh, Yeah, well, tomorrow, before we run out of time, I, I do want to say tomorrow we got a good one lined up for you. Uh, Roman Harper set to join us. Um, Chris Stewart. What's tomorrow? Wednesday? Who knows? Probably. Yeah, today, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, and then Richie Riley set to join us as well. So uh, we're looking forward uh, to talking to those folks. And if you missed any of our interviews today, including the highly entertaining and controversial Chris Booten, priest slash high school football official, you can uh, find our broadcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. So go to WNSP now right there on Spotify and listen to your heart's content. Uh, all right. So you, we brought up Matthew Stafford, which was interesting. One of our listeners did. And I had that in my notes to get to today and we hadn't really gotten to it. But so Matthew Stafford, we have learned, is struggling to gel with his young Ram teammates. 
which in and of itself is not a huge story. But what caught my attention is that we're learning this not through Matt Stafford, not through his young Ram teammates, but his wife, Kelly, who does a podcast entitled The Morning After, which leaves a lot more to the imagination than I, I would I think was intended. Or maybe not. Either way, she's spouting off about how there's just a difference in the locker room that because there's so many young guys, there's not a cohesion there. In the old days, I didn't think Matt Stafford was that old, but I apparently is. In the old days, you come out, you chower, people be interacting, playing cards, ping pong, whatever she was talking about. They'd be talking and, you know, now you come out and they're all just on their phones. And so it's hard to connect with those guys. And Matthew Stafford is facing, is feeling kind of like the old man of the group. But my question is, if you're Matt Stafford, do you want your wife relaying that information? Is that something you're okay with her talking about? Or do you care? This is, I got to put myself in the shoes as an NFL quarterback or, you know, my, my am I me? In this hypothetical. Whatever you want. Whatever makes your point uh, more relevant and interesting. I'll be an NFL quarterback okay. in this hypothetical. Yeah, we're no. going very <laughs> hypothetical. <laughs> no, I got an arm. You should have seen Nick Root and I tossing on the Bridgestone Arena floor and, uh, in Nashville. Yeah, but, nerfs you know. go a long way. No, they were you – know, anyway, we don't have enough time to address this, but <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Uh, yeah, no, that would probably bother me. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it would be a conversation at home, but – it is a little bit weird, isn't it? That It's not like Matthew Stafford would ever come out and say, yeah, I've been having trouble gelling with my teammates. It's not information that necessarily should be for public consumption, so why is she going out and saying that? Yeah, um, that would be my issue. Though I have to believe that the two of them, this isn't her first podcast, so I'm assuming there was some sort of understanding about what can be talked about and what can't be talked about. I just feel like you think maybe she's toeing the line with that. I, I I think if that was something, because any any reporter worth their salt now has to ask Matthew Stafford about the cohesion and the chemistry on this team and whether or not there's a disconnect there now, right? I mean yeah. that's basically what she's insinuating. Yeah, kind of, ma- and it very well is probably a non-story, but now it's a story. Right, it doesn't really need to be. Right now, Stafford's got to answer questions that you know he doesn't need to be answering a week before the season. Ooh, so we got a, a reply for or we got Thunderstruck and Dixieland Delight. Yeah, I'll get them in there. I mean, we could probably. Yo, know, there's no question. See, that's Dixieland Delight. Good song, more your speed than than mine. But Thunderstruck, that's that's right there, man. That's the kind of let's get after it type of music we need to be playing here in the morning. So get people energized you're, you're and pumped a, up for their day. You're a Bama graduate, still deep down. You should love Dixieland Delight. I mean, I don't hate it. There's there's still some crimson blood in you. I mean, somewhere, I'll, even though you I like Eye of the Tiger too. Doesn't mean I'm you know got blue and orange coursing through my veins. It's a good tune. Yeah. You you don't like you don't like Eye of the Tiger. It's okay. Hmm. I feel like you and I disconnect on the pop culture. We definitely do. You you are you know. I mean, it, I'm wearing a shirt that says "Talk to Me, Goose." Well, that that yeah. Age <laughs> aside, age aside, I, I feel like you are younger in pop culture than than I have. You definitely watch more movies and shows than I do. Um, 
you know. Well, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me on this show. Well, the wild is I'm, thing yo- is I'm younger than 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 I look. <laughs> Imagine this concept. You know, I'm I work at a sports radio station. I I, I really care about sports way more than so than than pop culture. It's, it's and, crazy. And uh, you know, I don't know what the matter. I, did how, how did you get hired on here? <laughs> I mean, who did you talk to? I, I don't know. Uh, in the app, nice lady talking about Matthew Stafford's wife. Probably shouldn't say anything. It's kind of like setting up to see. Um, I told you when there is a failure this year, so maybe Matthew planted it with her. Oh, you think Matthew Stafford being proactive about this and trying <laughs> to get ahead of it? <laughs> That's a bit of a conspiracy. Theory that is. There. I love me a conspiracy theory. I do theory. too. But uh. Uh, a little inter Sandman too. So now we're we've we've started tur- we've turned this into like stadium themes. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Uh, on the on the flip side, I gotta say I'm a little disappointed in you people out there today. We gave you an opportunity for some free golf passes. All you had to no do was come up with your f- best, your favorite impression, or your best impression of a WNSP personality, and we didn't we didn't get anything worthy of a mention. So I guess we'll we'll extend that another day. So at what point this season does uh, Stetson Bennett take over for Matthew Stafford? Ooh, it's Matthew Stafford, man. He well, is he getting injured? I my understanding, he is perpetually injured, yeah. and his elbow's about to fall off. So yeah. Stetson, Ugh. I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious to see how that game is going to translate to the I pros. Don't know. He was horrible in his last preseason game. I don't know. I've given him a credit because he was pretty dang good in 2022, and certainly established himself as at least looking somewhat like an NFL quarterback doesn't mean I necessarily would have spent a draft pick on him you're talking about a guy who know, got arrested drunk at 7 a.m. in Dallas when he should have uh, been at the senior bowl all right that aside that aside just talking I, about the football aspect right how do you not how do you not cheer for a guy that had the isn't that kind of Georgia's version of the Jalen Hurts college Ugh. football Ugh. legend in oh, war though God. I mean, here's a guy that walked on the whole deal, right? Like, it's a, it's the whole Disney, oh, let's make a movie kind of steal, right? Well, how I don't cheer for him is I went to Alabama. Right, and that's fair. But all I'm saying is if he had not gone to Georgia, if he had gone to Alabama, or sure. Auburn fans, if he had gone to Auburn, oh, and had, be, they'd be all over him. And, and had that same type of career arc, we'd be talking about how it was one of the greatest college football stories ever. If he went to Auburn, we we would have never heard of uh, your friend in the app said you can't say Jalen Hurts. <laughs> we got to get more into that tomorrow. I love you guys. All right. That does it for another edition, a leadless edition of the opening kickoff. Our thanks to Mr. Bronner behind the glass back there. It was a lot of fun. We'll be back tomorrow at 6 a.m. Until then. See ya.